Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 543 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Amar Ahmed Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Lies of C, CNT, Chris And I'm Matthew Allen, and remember, the game is fixed. And joining us again after a long absence, very special guest, it's... It's Brendan. I have gotten a few patches. I'm better than I ever was before, <laughs> and I'm here to uh, to talk about video games. It's Fantastic. true. He's got nicotine patches all over his face. It's really yep. awkward to look <laughs> at on video. So, I'm just jonesing over here for some Bre- good Brendan video game conversation. Hesse, am I pronouncing that right? I yes, Brendan Hesse. Brendan yeah, Hesse, I do have yes. a last name. The, that is true. The, AKA The Crawl. The Crawl. Where can people see more of you? Yeah, so you can uh, you can see my videos on uh, youtube.com slash thecrawl. Uh, a couple months ago, I put out a uh, feature-length Metroid documentary with a lot of familiar faces, like uh, Tony Wilson's in there, some other folks, oh, and uh, my writing's on GameSpot and Wired and a bunch of other places, so yeah. Nice, nice. Hell yeah. The Crawl is my favorite brand of sparkling water. That's how you actually pronounce that. You know, everyone argues. What? LaCroix. LaCroix. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's pretty good. LaCroix. I have not heard that one yet. That's great. Is that that is not what it? Oh, no, shut up, Matt. <laughs> I'm going to quote that at like the next party I go to. Yes, it's actually do. called Lacroix. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know this mineral water used to be called Puckman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Scott Pilgrim anime series coming soon, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about oh. video games, and we're in between a huge patch. And a huge piece of DLC for one of the most malign games of 2020, Cyberpunk 2077. Wow. That was 2020? <laughs> that was 2020. Yeah. Late 2020. And uh, it's, But the important thing to remember from here on out is... The game is fixed. It is such the awesome... It's the best last line of a game trailer ever recorded because it's just like... He does that, and then he shoots you, mm-hmm. in, I guess, in the trailer. But also, it's just like, he is totally breaking the fourth wall. He's like, yeah, this game was broken at launch. <laughs> Finally, three years later, we fixed it, and we're owning that in our marketing. I mean, like, it's, oh. it's a double entendre, because the whole video is about how the deck is stacked against you, and the house always wins, and like, oh, the ga- just remember, yeah. the game is fixed. And it's like, ah, oh, but see, it works yeah. too. Like all cyberpunk fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about, hey, the only guy mm-hmm. who wins are the big guys. It's kind of like real life right now, and Yep, yep, yep. Even the uh, small guys are just pulling jobs for the big guys. We just looked on 30, 2010, 30 years ago, Forbes announced its richest men in the world. And Warren Buffett, boom, number one. Bill Gates, number two. The top five, Elon Musk is worth eight times as much as them. <laughs> like Jesus. that kind of wealth concentration to happen so quickly and you cannot adjust it for inflation and nobody's paying tax on any of it. It's nope. wonderful, this country. <laughs> oh, yeah, fantastic. Uh, we're, heading, we're heading at breakneck speed towards a cyberpunk dystopia, but I bring this Love up it. not just because, like, hey, the game's fixed, isn't that great, but because it inspired this week's top five, which was actually a top five idea that Matt had written down for ages about games that redeemed themselves, that had rocky launches and eventually managed over time to fix the problems redeem themselves, bring back the fans, and emerge as like, no, this is really good, actually. Oh, you haven't played it in a while? You should play this. It's amazing. 
And yeah. like uh, I, I to date it, I bought it on PS4 because they promised a free PS5 update should the PS5 eventually exist. And, <laughs> and I exist? never did do that. And my friend was like, "You're an idiot, man." The, the, this game is awesome and I was seeing that woman with a a teenage son and like him and all his friends after the anime were all in on cyberpunk and Mm -hmm. and the report was this is so much better I think at the time I'd argued not argued but like it's over if you don't make your launch there is no there is no pleasant outcome for your game and it's looking like looking at these games like that kind of wasn't the case they they did they were allowed sometimes to fix themselves. They were, and, well, yeah, they were allowed, but I was going to point out, like, <laughs> I think all the games that ended up on our list, the reason they were quote-unquote allowed is they had two things the typical developer doesn't have mm-hmm. tons of. Number one, time. They were given time. Uh, number two, a shit ton of money. Yeah. You know, so if you if you look <laughs> at Cyberpunk, you know, CD Projekt Red, they were just lousy with Witcher 3 money, just swimming mm-hmm. in it, you know, and, and so that bought them the time. And plus, actually... The game, even though Cyberpunk launched, you know, to it was panned by critics and 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 whatnot, and it was broken. They sold a shit ton of units yeah. of that game at launch, which basically gave them tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars to use to fix buy some time and fix the game. You know, so yeah, the, and, the the stuff that didn't make the PlayStation Store completely change its refund policy and take down the digital <laughs> copy yeah. for the yeah. first time in That's history. Well, well, the other thing is these all have big brand recognition, whether it's for mm-hmm. the IP itself or for the studio behind it. So people right. are more likely to be forgiving and want to give it a second chance if an indie game comes out a fantastically broken mess and is fixed a year later its chances of getting a second look are much lower than, than there might be one exception one, on this list to, to that there's rule, one Michael. exception yeah yeah the people who brought you joe danger <laughs> <laughs> fair fair they, there's <laughs> a lot of sony money behind that one that's, that's, yeah, yeah, that's true. yeah that's they true. they had the luxury of basically being one of the biggest first-party launches. Which we'll get there. We'll get mm-hmm. there. Well, since we've talked about it so much already, I feel like I should reorder the list on the fly and just make... Number five! Hell yeah. This. How you feeling? Buck. I don't know, Vic. Here's a ring. And I'm seeing shit. These hallucinations. Describe them to me. Blinding lights. It's loud. I'm on stage and I almost can't breathe. I'm so damn full of hatred. And I shoot a guy and he just starts spinning in place 360 degrees and then falls <laughs> through the floor. I appreciate I your restraint in not using a Johnny Silverhand uh, clip to oh, start to like this one. Out. In 2077, what makes someone a criminal? Getting caught. Yep, that's right. Getting caught. I can't place it. Who is that? John Wick, baby. <laughs> just a Did guy. Did they film that commercial as he's on his way to the airport? He's yeah. just like yeah. walking and sort of out of breath. Sounds like he has a dairy bubble in his throat. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of how he plays the character of Johnny is, Silverhand. Yeah. And it was, we all assumed it was going to be a gimmick at first. Like, oh, he's going to be in it for like five minutes uh, at the beginning and the end. And then like, no, he's he's appears throughout and has quite a bit of dialogue. I've processed some shit. Changed my mind. Don't want you dead anymore. Go fuck yourself, dickwipe. Hey, wasn't easy for me either. You woke up in a landfill, I woke up in your head. Wrestling with your thoughts, memories. Think we're even. And I've taken a step back. Looked at things. 
think we might be able to help each other. Yeah, the character is supposed to be from the South, by the way, and he just sounds like John Wick. He sounds like Where? every character yeah. he plays. The South That's of what? Keanu. South Chicago? He like, sounds what? Canadian by way of San Bernardino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> South California, dude. Like mm-hmm. that is uh, That's just Keanu. He's just being Keanu at that yeah. point. Which, again, how brilliant was that? We were discussing some Immortal Kombat celebrity voice actors. What what is he exactly, Johnny V? Johnny Silverhand. Johnny yeah. Silverhand. Sorry, yeah, he's he's like a rocker slash terrorist from. Yeah, but he's yeah. a he's like a ghost. Well, okay. So spoilers. Yeah. By the way, we haven't said the name of the. This is Cyberpunk yes. twenty seventy seven. Spoilers for Cyberpunk okay. is okay. <laughs> he is a guy who was a rocker and a terrorist mm-hmm. uh, and a revolutionary who who died. But ended up, uh, it's kind of like an AI ghost, yeah. like a, a, a copy of his uh, of his psyche was transferred yeah. into the machine, and he ends up on this thing called the Relic, mm. which is this chip that you get planted into your head that is slowly killing you, at, because his personality is overtake. It's he's like overriding your brain with his personality. Yeah. Canonically, he died last month. The incident that you get to relive toward the beginning of the game is in August 2023. So that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah, yeah, like, in the events of the game, he's been dead like, almost half century. I do like that they just they didn't try to bump everything back a whole bunch. It's just like, no, this is we're sticking to the same continuity from the like the tabletop role playing game from the eighties. Like this is still imagining yeah. this. This is alternate future slash present now. Yeah. But what I, what I was getting at with we talked about the Megan Fox dialogue mm-hmm. from Mortal Kombat. You <laughs> hire a celebrity of Keanu's caliber. You better make him a ghost so he doesn't have to do any of that incidental dialogue where anybody else interacts with him. Like, he's just hovering in front of your face. We're doing... We get him once. He's not coming back. To their credit, he actually has quite a bit of that type of incidental dialogue. Like, there are so many random lines that are just spouted throughout the game. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty impressive. It's... it's, But you know what I'm saying? Like, he's he's not telling you, like... Look out! I think that waitress is looking at us. Unless it's very highly scripted. Oh yeah, yeah. He, I mean, yeah. The stuff he's mm-hmm. in is, is sort of scripted. But there, there's just times where he will just pop up randomly, and I don't know how much of that, how that stuff gets triggered in any playthrough because it is an open world game where you can kind mm-hmm. of be anywhere at any time. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, he'll he'll just pop up in the as you're roaming the map at, at certain times, and stuff will play out. So it's it's pretty good. It's pretty cool integration there. Have you guys played this since the? It's been getting updated steadily but have you played it since the 2.0 update no yeah. no I, I think the reason why i said i have i think they're more my misgivings because like it did kind of burn me initially and i tend to not go back to things after that and i think i might be the only member of this podcast who finished the original game right yeah i so never like, even played it oh. so the, this thing is the only is like, one on this list i have no mm-hmm. familiarity with I played the original on PC where it was much less broken. And mm-hmm. so I never really understood, other than the broken stuff, I never understood a lot of the criticisms leveled this game's way. Because at the end of the day, if it wasn't broken, it was just sort of a... It was boring. It was a mid... It was a decent open world experience, right? Like, I, thought, I, I thought it was I very boring. I, I certainly didn't think it was... It, as catastrophic as people. Yeah, I, I played the PS4 version. And I thought clunky, but I wasn't getting T poses and falling through maps like other people. Sure. I just yeah, thought okay. like this is 
a little less polished than something like The Witcher. Yeah. So so and, and then after the 2.0 update, I mean, I think they redid the skill tree and all that stuff. Like yeah, I they didn't did. think that stuff was really broken like, before. If, so to me, if you reload an old save now, it will have reset all of your perk points yeah. and everything and it's like, "Here, you can reassign them now because we've redesigned the the skill tree." Mm. So Yeah, I, I didn't think that stuff was broken before, although I liked how it was broken like you, you, you can def- definitely make yourself op in that original version of the game mm-hmm. very easily where every fight was just kind of trivial but i didn't mind that i kind of that's why i play video games yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know <laughs> to win uh, for the power i fantasy. want a power fantasy yeah, yeah, yeah. so but uh no I, I have played since it was updated it definitely feels a lot more stable mm-hmm. i actually switched platforms because the original the entire time i was playing it was like i was fighting that battle that sometimes you fight when pc gaming of like how much do I want my fan to blow? Yeah. <laughs> like, right, like yeah. it was the only game I've ever, like, loaded up a custom fan program where you could, like, set the speed of your fan for different things. Like, that game was loud, is all mm-hmm. I'm saying. And so I, because it was on sale with the new expansion, I bought it on an Xbox, and it's running quite smoothly, and my Xbox doesn't sound like it's about to take off from, uh, you know... Yeah, my, like my jet, PC so. turns the room into, like, it, it's basically like having a space heater. In there, and it's <laughs> yeah. been been kind of hot lately, so it's hard to play. But like, I, I sent you guys a photo, so I've got like the RGB LEDs in my fans and in my GPU that are just it's coded to just like show what the temperature is because that's the only mm-hmm. use I have for this shit. And they, it's just bathing the room in red light. Like this thing's <laughs> running real fucking hot. The, yeah, the original version of the game did that, and it doesn't seem like that stuff's been addressed as much. It must be more, you know, it must be optimized, but. Um, yeah, I think for me personally, when I played the new version of the game, because um, I'm going to take every chance I can to knock this other game, this feel this game now feels like what they were promising with Starfield. In fact, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll be so bold as to say, if you're only going to play one futuristic open world game this year, ignore Starfield and just go ahead and play Cyberpunk. It's way it's a way better game in my opinion. It's, it's funny very... because like, oh, go ahead, Chris. No, no, no. I just think it's very interesting that like. We're talking about a game from 2020 in conjunction with a brand new release from 2023 because of the similar things they do and how the game from three years ago now does it better. Well, it, it to be honest, it always sort of did it better. Like my biggest complaint about Starfield is that it does not evolve the Bethesda formula enough. And actually, it's weird. Like Cyberpunk, if you've played the Witcher games, it's the departure for CD Projekt Red and what they normally do with their open world games. And it's like, oh, it feels much more like where if Bethesda was evolving and keeping their games kind of up to date and stuff like they should be doing, they should look now what the team at CD project red is doing with open world. Cause that to me is, is really what they should have done with Starfield. Like it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's that familiar pattern, but uh, it has, it just feels evolved. It feels like a next gen game. I was pretty disappointed with Starfield. Um, I didn't play that much of it. It was on, you know, game pass. So I gave it a shot, and the thing that I always want to do in a Bethesda RPG is just pick a direction and just walk and see what I find. And that's not really what you do in Starfield. No. Um, Where everything that I've heard about Cyberpunk is that's... You can do that yes. in Cyberpunk yeah, so and run into awesome m- stuff, much friendlier, um, or at least that. just more interesting stuff. Um, yeah, just don't try to drive because the driving still sucks. Sure. Okay. <laughs> it's that's fine. fine. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, this game also looks just visually the technical fidelity of it is 
astounding like with the the path tracing and everything that yeah, they've added yeah. to it it's one of the best looking games i've ever seen and that also seems like you know something worth checking out i, I was actually looking at a thread earlier today that was comparing starfield and cyberpunk and saying like here here's the difference that bethesda games and starfield especially it's what you go toward if you want like a big open world sim where things are kind of rough around the edges, but you have more freedom to just kind of craft your own narrative, do whatever you want. Whereas Cyberpunk locks you into a more straightforward narrative, but that narrative is really, really good. And mm. it allows the characters to be more expressive and to look better. It lets them use like motion capture during cutscenes and dialogue that you know, Starfield isn't able to do because of the nature of the game. I'd say that's mostly true. For, as part of the 2.0 update, though, they have added a lot of um, kind of repeatable quests and more just emergent things. Like there's these, this concept nice. of airdrops now. It's, it's stuff the Far Cry games have been doing for a while, right? Which mm -hmm. is, hey, go here on the map. You might encounter a gang and, and have a reward if you if you take them down. So stuff like that so that it's less about the scripted story moments. Because once you get locked in one of those in, in Cyberpunk, it can take a while before you kind of break out of that quest chain. So. Yeah, before you can come up for air. Although I, I was able, like, I was, I, I started over a new game to try out uh, 2.0, and, and it was probably like this before, but, like, everybody's waiting on me, like, get in the car, go to the big heist in Act 1, and I'm just like, now I'm going to fuck off and look for a boxing match. And I'm like, oh, I can't get into the boxing match. I'm going to go after a cyber psycho. Oh, the cyber psycho killed me. Okay, well, I'm going to respawn, walk halfway across the city to get back to the car. It's still there waiting for me. There's no ticking time timer. There's no like, nope, you can't leave the area. You have to get in the car. So that's that's pretty cool. What I didn't realize, I was watching some videos about this. And I think it was I was watching uh, Matt McMuscles's What Happened. I never knew that cyber like cyberpunk was announced like before Witcher Three was even yes. announced. It yeah. was yeah yeah like I want to say like 2012. Or maybe yeah, 2012, 2013. I want to say uh, it was it was a while ago. But what I did not realize is that they then announced Witcher 3 and like they didn't even start on Cyberpunk until after Witcher 3 was done. They they were done, done. devoting all their resources to that. And then they had kind of a shortened timeline for this big scope project that had been, you know, people have been working out, doing the preliminary designs in, in the meantime and finding out that, like, yeah, we... Uh, our our software our development tools won't actually work for this we're like the the tools we use to build the witcher 3 are not good for making a first person shooter adventure so we need to basically start over and uh also and our then. our bosses have decided they want this to come out before the ps5 and the xbox series do so we have to but also be compatible yes. <laughs> with all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, with multiple like I think five five different systems. So they had a, an uphill battle and as we saw in 2020 it didn't work out so great. The game was, you know, it was fun, but it was poorly optimized and if you ran into crashes or you just didn't like the way that certain things ran, like a lot of people got turned off of the game. And yes. Now they've fixed that shit. <laughs> the game is fixed. <laughs> I had forgotten. Chris reminded us, like it was the first title to get delisted from first-party right. storefront. Yes. Like it was just literally like, hey, you know what? This is too broken to sell. Yeah, and that's well, bad. it was it was too broken to Sony have to start selectively enforcing 
a return policy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Yeah, Sony's so the only have... major one that, like, well, Nintendo doesn't. Nintendo and Sony, neither of them have a return policy. Microsoft and Valve and Epic do. But uh, you can, like, that's the only time they've ever allowed anyone to return anything on the PlayStation Store. was weird. Mm. It was yeah. weird. Well, and it's because it was, like, so utterly broken on first-gen PS4s. Like, people were posting video. It looked terrible. Right, it looked I was unplayable. on a pro. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't have. I had no issues of that nature. But mm-hmm. I mean, the video footage was undeniable. It, yeah. it looked really bad. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, again, it wasn't it, the way I th- they described it. Like we are designing this for nine platforms. That was never foreseen because there are three different Xboxes. There are four different Xboxes now, and three Playstations, including the Pro, and then. Uh, Macintosh? I forget. <laughs> I forget what the the other well, platform PC, was. But yeah, yeah, I, I know. I, I, I forget if this came to Stadia or not. Um, doesn't oh, I, I, I remember them saying have. nine platforms, and that was not originally how they designed the game. You need entirely new teams to do that, and there, it, the game didn't. It's not a game that sucked. It, it didn't have enough time, even though right. it, it looked like it took them ten years. Like it kind of came together in the last two. Mm-hmm. And then needed to be optimized for nine platforms. So it's, you don't have to cry them a river or anything, but it was just like, these are the growing pains with uh, the new eras of technology. Michael's okay, we'll just say that it was, it was on, in... Uh... It was on Stadia, and not only did they do that, when Stadia shuttered, CD Projekt Red gave people a way to transfer their save if they oh, buy shit. the title and, and run it somewhere. So, ah, well, that explains why they have cross-progression now. Yeah, yeah, that was. I think that was a big part of the um, 2.0 update as well was this cross progression system, mm-hmm. which I didn't get to take advantage of. I, I guess I could have gone back to the PC version, but like Michael, like they kind of warned people, they're like, "You should re-roll a new tune if you're going to play through this yeah, the, that, the base campaign again." You know. What were you going to say, Brendan? I was going to say, uh, you know, we'll just pretend that this entire time it was an early access period because, funnily enough, like Baldur's Gate was in early access for That's three true. years. Yeah. We'll just say Cyberpunk was in early access <laughs> for three years and we'll just wash our hands of it. We'll yeah. just let it be and, the way it is. And I, the, yeah. the early access of Baldur's Gate 3 was kind of a mess right up until they, they launched the official version. It's like, oh, now it's good. Yep. <laughs> now all those bugs that I played yesterday have been patched out. That's that's weird. CD Projekt Red would probably thrive in an environment like that. It's a wonder they didn't embrace it more. Something like yeah, that I don't access. know. I mean, who knows what the reasoning was? What if there was some sort of like studio reasoning, funding pressure type type deal? But yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, was. I don't like early access stuff because uh, I don't like unpaid QA. Hmm. Sure, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> don't enjoy that. Well, it's 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 sort of like a pre-order that you can play. Like here it is in its current form. Maybe you won't like it, but hey, if you want to try it out, you can. That's that's how I look at that. But like you mentioned earlier, Chris, I I, I feel like if, even though they were continuing to patch it, interest in cyberpunk was kind of dead until this happened. Oh, David, my man, what's going on? Everything good? I am, y- yeah. What's up, June? You need something? Uh, yeah. Got this package here from Maine. Is Pilar here? Ugh. Yo, bro, it's for you! He's your brother. Maine sent you something. Come get it. One of the most memorable scenes in Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Which, I would have gone with the, the Franz Ferdinand theme song. The I mean, nostalgic look of 2002 music <laughs> in the cyberpunk future. It's it's interesting. Like Before this fire was like the Burnout 3 
song yeah. and like now when I looked for it uh, the other week it was just like it was all just cyberpunk edge runners theme so, so crazy mm-hmm. but but yeah like they they came up with a really good anime and people were like yeah I want to play in this world and like oh there's a game or the game is good now holy shit the game is good now and uh yeah no offense to this Sonic may have had this quality because it was it had a good cartoon but I don't remember a TV show. We we have not lived in a world where a good TV show could drive interest in a video game IP. Um, but the streaming era really like kids into Castlevania because the, the fucking show's good. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah, Castlevania, <clears throat> Cyberpunk, Last of Us. Like even like Naughty Dog was very smart. I thought it was weird that they put out. Like, why are you putting out this remaster that changes nothing, or this remake that's basically (laughs) just a remaster, and it's so that they would have something to sell when the TV series comes along? Yeah, I thought I I saw someone, like, their dad got really into Last of Us TV show, Mm -hmm. and like, maybe I should check out the game. Like, okay, Captain Goofy. (laughs) But you have to consider, that's going to be that guy's first impression of a medium, Mm -hmm. that holy shit that is a lot of pressure yeah <laughs> that's a ton of pressure so yeah it makes a little sense in that regard i guess so but yeah uh, juice it up cyberpunk 2077 it's good again who knew and and you know people are saying like well the 2.0 just came out and edge runners was last year or whatever it's like yeah i think they they were up to like 1.63 but it's like they had they had patched out most of the problems it was looking pretty good uh, with 2.0, of course. The game is fixed. <laughs> it's not that good. I shouldn't keep reusing. It's Tell good. Knuckles. It's good. Anyway, let's move along to number four. You two stick with me. Yes, ma'am. Let's get to work. Oh, my God. Points for using Astro Zombies in that launch trailer for which game? Is it uh, Fartbite? It is Fartbite. <laughs> Fortnite. Fartbite. Correct. So Fortnite launched in, was that 2016, 2017? I'm already forgetting. 2016. And it was after being one of my <laughs> games I'm looking to forward most of E3, like mm-hmm. 2011, 2012. Yeah. Like, I think it started development in 2010. Was in development for seven years. I think I heard that like the creative director left partway through, and they just kept plugging away at it. And then they rolled out, and the game had taken so long to develop that like no one wants this kind of game now. We're, yeah, we're done with yeah. fighting zombies. I well, it wasn't that because like my impression of it is that it well one to really date it. I think I remember. Cliffy B talking about it. That's that's the the mm. different era that it's in wow. of, of Epic. Yeah. While he was and, at Epic, wow. Yeah, that's and insane. and we should say for those who are only familiar with the current free version of Fortnite, the there's, these there's quote unquote one? The, yeah, save the world save is, the still, world is still, paid. still a paid yeah. product. Amazing. So that was I was so much. I was so looking forward to the game because like I thought it was. I don't know what you like a Minecraft game where focused on creepers. You build something, you fortify, mm-hmm. you fight shit that comes at you. Yes. Yeah. And you you also punch a lot of trees. 
And I was very much looking for, oh, a more action-y Minecraft. That's kind of what kept me away from Minecraft. I don't so much want to build as I want to fight. And I was looking so forward to it. We were streaming from from Laser Time. We don't have a lot of clout, but I remember how apt Epic was to give us all this access and all this stuff because nobody cared about the initial Fortnite. Mm-hmm. And it was... I, lo- I, I, hate, I hate people like who... I was into this before it was cool, but I was into this before it was cool, <laughs> and I'm baffled that the, the, the direction it eventually took. It's just like a little miracle. They well, ripped it wasn't off. Even eventually, it, it was it was like within what a, a month of launch. Like that's that's. It one was it was, was like so a couple months. I think it was yeah. it, it was it was like a desperate move to save something. Yeah. And whole, dude, it launched a storefront. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is since like made. Yeah, it is. I was telling you guys, I'm like, we have to include it, even though this isn't really the kind of the spirit of yeah, our top it, it's five. It's not that it came out broken. It's just that it came out with a mode that people weren't interested in playing. I, I've had to yeah. show my cousins who play Fortnite. Here's me streaming this two weeks before. You got to play Fortnite two weeks before launch? Like, yes, with not 100 people, because that concept didn't really exist. And, yeah, it and, was like PUBG. And they were like, yes. yeah, we can do it too. Yeah, all right. Well, that's, put put together remember, a special it, team and rip off PUBG. That's well, it, what's... It, 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 there was a whole court case because yeah, there was a right? court because case, PUBG yeah. is built on Epic's engine, right? And so they, they literally went to court like, hey, you you saw what we were doing and you ripped us off because it was that close to Fortnite's launch where it, it seemed like a desperation move at the time. It's like, okay, yeah. Fortnite launch didn't, didn't really do well. And they just said, all right, well, fuck it. We'll throw this free mode out there because in, what, we've in spent hindsight, all these years developing this game. That uh, In hindsight, uh, um, maybe not. no offense to Mr. Player Unknown, <laughs> uh, but His like a, Brendan, by the way. A, a more professional approach to making it because like PUBG's biggest problem is that it was so like unrefined for years. And then Epic took the formula and seemingly overnight whipped up a PUBG cl- clone that automatically turned PUBG into Hydrox to their Oreo. <laughs> it came yeah. first. Nobody gives a shit. At mm-hmm. least in America. Uh, yeah. in, really? Like, overseas, in, oh, PUBG China? is yeah, still PUBG much bigger. Massive. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you mean the countries that more re- resemble where you're playing in PUBG? Those countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, forgotten Eastern European, so former Soviet states. Yeah, great. I have yeah, a bone so to PUBG. pick with Fortnite because... This game came out, right? The the first version of it came out. Mm-hmm. And around the same time, Epic was putting out... They had that Paragon game that was like their like, 3D oh, MOBA. Yeah. But they also Paragon. were working on this... like in this, like, It's like this community co-developed Unreal Tournament that they were working yeah. on. Huh. And like people were making community maps and community assets for it. It was this weird like co-development with the community thing but they completely dropped it axed the whole thing canceled all the servers as soon as they saw the money from fortnite coming in they're like this is it we're just gonna focus they on that everybody yeah. at it yeah screw screw your your boomer arena shooter you old <laughs> child just leave us alone we're gonna go chase the 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 teenagers and, and um, to their credit it was a wise move like because one of the it things was, one of the but unreal of- tournament is like one of my favorite franchises mm. unreal tournament mm. 2004 is like my favorite shooter of all time so i was stoked for it and then they just killed it and yeah. so I, I i you know i got one i got one uh whatever the the win what do they call the wins in fortnite Chick- winner winner chicken dinner there you go i got that with my friend mike oh, uh, we got a, a doubles one, and then I dropped it forever. 
I mean, but, but but remember, oh, yeah, like, the chicken dinner thing is PUBG, isn't it? That's PUBG. Yeah. Oh, a recent <laughs> Fortnite. Um, what is it called? A Victory Royale in in, mm. in Fortnite. I don't know. With cheese, yeah. With cheese, yeah. That's what they call it in France. Um, <laughs> no, but 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 them pulling devs from other projects in hindsight was really smart because it gave them their big their big competitive advantage compared to PUBG and a lot of the also ran battle royale games was how quickly they were able to move. Like mm-hmm. there is new content for Fortnite like weekly. And there are huge yeah. brand crossovers and activations, shit that like other developers can't do because they can't move fast enough. Like Fortnite is just like yeah. fuck it, yeah, we got it, we're on top of it. And like they threw so many bodies at that game, and I kind of feel like Fortnite may be out of its prime. I don't know, I, I don't look at the the DAUs or anything like that, but it's like at its peak, it, it was it's a juggernaut of a game that has had so many crossovers like it it became what one of you guys called it earlier in chat today it was like it's like ready player ready Ready player one because i didn't know i found out doing research like oh yeah they they got attention from the russo brothers who did captain america winter soldier and several other marvel movies uh and russo brothers did one of their trailers and like that trailer that they did is like this is basically this is the most ready player one thing i've seen outside of that stupid yeah. spielberg movie it's like uh, ripley shooting at master chief and getting bashed by well, kratos well, it's, no, it's yeah well let's see uh the the main character in the trailer gets like ambushed by a xenomorph who then gets shot by sarah connor who's done attack right. by terminators who then like fucking ripley rams a semi into them and yeah it's it's ridiculous a banana gets poked by ryu yeah 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 uh but yeah yeah so it's 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 really come a long way and they even uh got this guy and i don't even i can't even recognize if this is his real voice or not i'm guessing not impossible i watched you die i got over it you You came back for me. You promised me, Jeno. Well, love you too, buddy. So that character is the Foundation, who uh, takes off his helmet to reveal that he is the Rock. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember yeah, that. They basically just do shit tons of crossovers and collaborations and characters yeah. from pop culture and other games. I think they they have Ahsoka in there now. Um, well, I think all we all have friends who have been absorbed by the Epic machine that moved mm-hmm. to, what is it, North Carolina because yeah. of Epic. Like, they have started basically kind of this east southeast coast contingent of it's, the games industry because Epic is yeah. so big now. Because it's, of like, it's like a fucking Pixar campus out there. Wow. And it's pretty astonishing. In yeah. fact, I have a few friends mm-hmm. uh, from the industry who were part of another kind of um, result of Epic's success with Fortnite. The Big Apple trial, uh, the whole oh, right. App Store ordeal, and like basically Epic got so big with Fortnite that they said, you know what, I'm tired of paying my cut to Apple for in-game currency. Um, let's just put away around the Apple's the App Store, you know, whatever, and and let people buy currency in our game without Apple. And Apple was not happy about that and Ooh. delisted their game, and then it went to court. I think all the way up to the highest levels. And I literally had friends who worked at Epic, like, testifying in that trial, like, oh, wow. shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was kind of silly, because I think, if we didn't mention it, talking about that story back then, other games have done that. Have made it so you, if you don't buy your shit through iOS, you don't have to, you pay less. They basically charge, yeah. instead of 99 cents, they'll charge you, like, 119 anytime you buy from Apple through an Apple device. People had done that. But the amount of money Apple was losing because Fortnite did it 
was so substantial they had to threaten to kill their game. That's yeah. why I think Apple was in the wrong. It's not like Epic owes Apple nothing, but like, do they owe you a third of their money forever? You're not offering that level of support. Yeah, it, it, and Epic Epic has enough money and lawyers, mm-hmm. or enough money to pay the lawyers to take Apple to court, which those smaller devs who had done those workarounds didn't. Like, if Apple shuts you down, you're a small dev, it's, what are you going to do? You can't mm-hmm. fight with Apple. You can't take Apple to court. But Epic's like, you know what, we can. We yeah. make a billion dollars a year on this game. Let's take them to court. Yeah. Um, yeah, going back to the, like, how this launched originally, the Save the World thing, um, it's easy to forget now that it's like, it had characters with names and voiced tutorials. What's her status? We can't find a way out of here soon. Mom's is dead. Don't worry, hermano. We're working on it. Yeah. No need to worry. We've got your back. Let's place some traps. To keep husks from getting inside, place traps in front of the door. Now, I also remember like reading early interviews where uh, they were talking about, like, we want this to be an apocalyptic game but we don't want it to be bleak so we're making it look really cartoony because it's it's an optimistic cheerful apocalypse and then i also remember like people getting like for whatever reason there's a character named penny who's like kind of a big girl who swings a hammer and people right, just kept yeah. like pointing to her and it's like sgws are making us play as fat women and like Jesus Christ, you guys! And and suddenly, when it went went free to play with the and, and just became a battle royale, like those complaints somehow just evaporated. Like those didn't stick around for long. I guess I guess Penny didn't either because I don't really see her in Fortnite communications anymore. But I just I can't get. I'm glad it, it's one of those rare occasions where I'm glad we streamed it our our early access to it mm-hmm. because my mem I played hours of Fortnite. Before it was called Save the World, I guess, mm-hmm. or Battle Royale, before there was any distinction, right? And it, it does was not just Fortnite. It mm-hmm. does not resemble the Fortnite everybody knows that I've sunk all of ninety minutes into across several. Tri- and it's so bizarre because like it maintained all of that building stuff. It just it's. I was like, I will never. I am. Ne- I'm only getting older. I will never be fast enough to build on the fly like this. Mm-hmm. It's okay. There's and, no build no- mode now. Yeah, so you can just, right. It's all yeah. just shooty now. And, and not all, but it's optional. Well, but the the other thing is that like one of the reasons for Fortnite's runaway success is that it's not just a game, but a place. Like this is yeah. a place mm-hmm. where like a lot of kids and teenagers hang out with their friends, and so they're not even necessarily interested in the shooting. The shooting is just something to do in their yeah. chat room. It's the, it's, it's also a game development engine now. Like it's competing oh, yeah. with stuff like Roblox. Oh, it's right, not yeah. just, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not just the battle Royale stuff at all now. And I think we were talking about that on some other show. Like where do kids even hang out now? Like seeing a bunch of playground shuttered. There are no more malls. Mm-hmm. They hang out in fucking discord servers and games. And I'm not saying that pejoratively, like good for them. Yeah. I mean, uh, speaking anecdotally, they mostly hang out at my neighbor's house, and it's it's just it's wild over there. I don't know what's going on. All but. those kids, yeah, man. And then you once just you once... get off my lawn, moment, Brendan. That's no, there's a... like there's no, no. There, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying it's there's like ten like teenagers over there all the time, and I'm like, I don't. When I was that age, I wasn't even hanging out with that many people at once. This <laughs> they're just like they got a huge squad over there. Wow. Well, the first your first friend to get their own apartment became like eight. 
smelly gaming like oasis. <laughs> sure, but these guys are like fifteen, so I'm like, ah. oh shit, okay, what's that about? How like how 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 many of you are there? There's so many. Is your neighbor We're all influencers Jackson? eventually? <laughs> Their right. parents buy beer. That's yeah. probably what yeah. that is. All Just right. a guess. Well, let's move along to number three. Who are you? Why have you been watching us? I don't even have time to explain why I don't have time to explain. <laughs> I will. I will. I know. Will what? Will we? I wasn't talking to you, little light. Ah, the fantastic voice of I, Peter Dinklage in which case. I love that clip because that clip sets up perfectly how much I don't have time to explain why Destiny was so hated at launch, but it's it's a long story and I'm still not quite sure I, I understand it. the hatred. But I, Vanilla I, Destiny 1 is like yeah. my favorite era of Destiny and I'm not even kidding. Really? I'm not even kidding. I, like I, like I, pre-Taken King Destiny 1? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I, yeah. I, I like I was there day one, if you recall, and this is good buying advice. If you have, if like the new consoles are all sold out, it was the first PlayStation Four bundle after the PS Four came out, and you couldn't get one for like seven months. And it turns out, like, make the system a little pricier with the game people might not want. You have a better shot at getting it. So I got the. Yeah. I was pretty sure I was going to play Destiny anyway, but I got the white Destiny PS Four at launch. So I was there day one, and it wasn't. I remember telling you guys, and it, you and Tyler making fun of me, like, this is a really solid shooter, and you're both like, drink, solid, what a bunch of stupid shit for a professional person to say. <laughs> what is that? How does that describe anything? I'm like, let me finish. It's solid, but like, what is this? You just keep repeating the same shit over and over again, and like, you, and I'll you, tell you ask, exactly what it is. And, you, and you ask the developers, like, when's the new content coming? And they're like, this weekend. And like, what do you mean? And like it hadn't revealed itself for what it eventually became, but it it didn't. I still think they didn't do it fast enough. They thought what they launched with was going to entertain people for months, they, and that they didn't do it. They it admitted was that days. Like, it was days where everybody had finished. Well, all but that the game stuff. had had a troubled development, and, and in some ways still does because of some choices they made early on. Like it is built on an engine that is very very difficult to iterate. And so, like, one of the reasons there's so much time between those expansions uh, on anything Destiny-related is, like, it's just, they literally could, like, you know, they were stories of, like, yeah, we would go to compile code and do it at the end of the day, leave, go home for the night and come back in the morning and we have to wait for it to finish. And it's, like, you can't really iterate in a development environment when things take that long. Yeah. There, there, are so, there, was, there was so much to this game of, like, there was the whole trouble with, like, it, the original was published by Activision, and there were some mm -hmm. crazy behind-the-scenes stories of, like, the folks from Activision were not getting along with Bungie at the time, and so there was they were they were butting heads. And it it's like when you hear about all this stuff, it, altogether it adds up and you go, oh, no wonder Destiny sort of turned out the way it did. Like, you hear stories yeah. of, like, they scrapped the story, like, three months before launch or something and had to completely write a new story, and you're like, oh, no wonder the story was batshit insane and didn't make any sense. Is like, they hadn't ripped out vestiges of some of that old story and it's like it's at launch the game was a bit all over the place but i think what kept people like me around was at its core it is still still to this day destiny 1 2 the best feeling shooter i have yeah. ever played the moment to moment in that game is still the best experience Very i've good. ever played but you definitely had to put up with a lot of sort of bullshit like with the story what? like the story it, it kind of made sense but there was a lot of stuff in there that's like 
they they had loose ends that they never followed. Like that character that you heard, I don't have time to explain what I don't have time to explain, the stranger. They never really explained what she was doing there. <laughs> you know, it was... Well, now that you say that, I wonder if this is the result of, like, they changed the script again. They're just going to change it again. Why even bother? Guardian? Eyes up, Guardian. It worked. You're alive. So, ugh. You don't know how long I've been looking for you. <laughs> I'm a ghost. Actually, now I'm your ghost. Okay, you, wait a second. Wait, well, hang on. you've been dead a long time. So you're going to see a lot of things you won't understand. All right. No. <laughs> so, so, like, part of what made Destiny early Destiny very irritating. Did we have the tomb looter shooter yet? Was that even a thing? We no, didn't have looter shooters. Not yet. No, no, there, no, there were looter shooters. Were um, there? Yeah, I think... I. What was it like? I, th- I want to say, not fight many robots. There was some. I mean, Borderlands had. Yes, been out Border, sure. Borderlands was. Really Borderlands is probably a good yeah. example, but like, it wasn't clear. Like, is this an MMO? No, it's not an MMO. Is this a looter shoot? No, it's not that. And then, it, yeah. but the reality is, Destiny is about like. It really came to light when I found like-minded people and didn't have to fucking research or read grimoire cards and what to do or where to go next. Also, uh, it is both of those things regardless of what Bungie says. Like, yes. It's absolutely a looter shooter. And what the fuck does MMO even mean? But it, this is a game that has literally thousands of people playing at any given time that you can match make with to do activities in the game. That's an MMO, but a massive the whole The whole point of Destiny game. at its core is to, like, you do a lot of the same shit but you re-roll how you do it with either different enemies and modifiers, making it harder or better depending on what loot you want. Peter Dinklage took a lot of shit. Like, his performance sucks. And, like, it's not that his performance sucks. It's the same performance 16 times in a row. Hmm. Who can who can listen to di- the same dialogue 16 times in a row? Even when it was Nathan Fillion, it was annoying. Yeah. Well, Peter appara- Dinklage is... Apparently it's easier with Nolan North. You're alive! You don't know how long I've been looking for you. I'm a ghost. Actually, now I'm your ghost. And you? Well, you've been dead a long time. So you're going to see a lot of things you won't understand. A little bit fussier, a little bit more feeling. Like we said with celebrity voice acting. Mr. Dinklage, people are complaining about the voice acting. When can you get, get get you back to the studio? I'm like, you got to pay my fees, and my schedule is opening up in eight months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Noah North is a voice actor, has his own studio in his house. Knock it out when you need to. Yep. Yep. And, yep. That was one of the lessons they learned, right? And mm-hmm. and to their credit, this team did learn quite yep. a bit. Um, and Michael, does, that one game we were talking about is not on the list, right? So I can bring it up now. Yeah, yeah. go for it. So... And one of the ways they learned their lesson is someone gave them a lesson. So a lot of the troubles this game ran into at an around launch um, were things that the Diablo 3 team had already gone through at mm. Blizzard. In fact, at one point, the Diablo 3 team like flew up to Bungie and gave them a primer like, this is how we turned our game around, which... If you recall, when Diablo 3 launched, had a lot of similar criticisms. Like, hey, I'm just doing the same shit over and over and over again. The overall meta is a little broken. There's this thing, this this auction house that completely ruins the economy of the game. And it's like Bungie sat and kind of learned and said, oh, okay, well, maybe we can make these tweaks. And it, and it worked. It really helped um, turn Destiny into a successful live service game. Because it was, it was fun, don't get me wrong, but it, it 
as a live service game, it, it felt janky in many ways. And it's like, why am I putting up with so much of this bullshit? Why am I waiting so long between expansions? I'll tell and you. And then why. the first two expansions were just okay. I don't know if you remember those. Brendan, I do. But... It's, it's because they, they felt little more like uh, content that should have existed in a $60 game. Yeah. And, yeah. and, but like, I was just talking to a friend and we don't. The last 10 years, we're older. We don't play a ton of online games, live service games. And at least as a live service game, I greatly admire the $24.99, $30 every six month thing than like battle passes every week and a half. Uh, please, that sucks. Well, now but, they do both, unfortunately. Nah. <laughs> like they, they've, gone to, they've gone to a model where it's like when you get the expansion, yes, you get a little story content. It's a lot less than it used to be. Um, and then it gets you access to an initial battle pass that then you have to keep re-upping if you want to. But if I was going to recommend the game to someone like Michael, who only put in a little time, Mm -hmm. Destiny's raids are among some of the greatest things that have happened in any game ever. They are confusing and weird and Souls-like and punishing and demand communication, but not for, like, tactical red team move, lay down suppressing fire. Like, what the fuck does this giant vacuum cleaner do? Ah, you got sucked off the fucking cliff. Like, <laughs> shit, like, uh, just figuring stuff out and watching wacky shit happen to your friends. My friend and I were talking, like, that might be the, the defining moment of the gaming online era for us, is those raids in Destiny. They are so fucking fun. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, it's kind of hard to recreate on your own, like what exactly you're supposed to do. It's like you can't recreate it. Going through those with a Wes, if he's listening, Wes Green, like like sherping me through all that stuff was so much fucking fun. Yeah, and to Budgie's credit, like they that game, not, most games can't do this and shouldn't do this. Is trying to be all things to all people. Like mm-hmm. Destiny has awesome single player content. If you're like me and mostly prefer single player, it has awesome co op content with the raids. The PvP, maybe less so, but it's, it's had its moments, right? And then there's all kinds of weird hybrid co-op PvP modes and stuff like that. Like, this game is trying to be the be-all, end-all, like, online shooter, depending on what you like. And it's like, that's not easy to pull off. And only a team as experienced as Bungie and as well-resourced as Bungie can, could do that. You know, like, most games would have to have chosen, just pick one. You can't do all these. Just pick yeah. one. Are you going to be a PvE game, a uh, single-player game, PvP game? Just pick it. And they're like, well, we're going to be everything. And it's, uh, it hasn't always worked. And to their credit, you know, over the life of the game, um, they have listened to fan feedback. And there's they, they, there's almost like several redemption arcs of Destiny, yeah. right? Like the, the initial, the yeah. first big one was the Taken King. Yeah. Mm. The Taken King made Destiny 1, like, good. Then they've had a few dud expansions since then and, and stuff like that. And Destiny 2 was launched really awesome and then quickly fell into the same trap of like, hey, this post-launch stuff's not so great. And, yeah, and it I, brought, you know, redeemed itself. So. I did see people complaining about vanilla Destiny 2 while I was doing research. It's like, yeah. well, I haven't yeah. heard any complaints about that, but okay. Well, it's, it's, it's the Activision fault there, which is astonishing they got Apex Legends to work given how <laughs> hampered Destiny was. With, with content releases. Why? What changed Activision? Jesus Christ. But just just the idea... Apex Legends is EA. Oh, right. Sorry, yes. Activision <laughs> has, has no such thing. That's but, what we but, were also confused when you said that. I was trying to... I was like, well, maybe, oh, no, maybe no, he means yeah, that, that, that my another bad. big publisher... Yeah, that was my bad. Them. Yeah, but but the two yeah, the two big brothers that, like, uh, mm. everything needs a, a dollar a cent, a deliverable... Right. They're probably running into the same issues and seeing, seeing one of those... 
company. I'm not, why am I salvaging my anecdote that I was wrong? <laughs> what a waste of the listener's time. Activ- what a waste of your time. Patreon.com. Well, I'll just jump in and I'll say that the reason that I was so high on Vanilla Destiny 1, and even though I know it was not a great game, and I agree that with Matt that the Taken King is what made that game mm-hmm. great. Um, but initially, I didn't mind doing that stuff over and over again because, dude, I... I had played hundreds of hours of Fantasy Star Online as a kid, and mm. that's all Destiny 1 was. Yep. It was just a first-person shooter, Fantasy Star Online. There's even a chart that like has all the similarities between the, the, them, like like Zur and the guy from Fantasy Star Online that identifies your items and all these huh. other things. There's just so many, so many similarities. And so running that stuff over and over again with my uh with my brother and my friends at the time i just didn't really care that it was i knew it wasn't great but bungie's shooting has been so good since halo combat evolved and it just keeps getting better and destiny one even though it was admittedly boring and there isn't that much to do Shooting dudes felt so good, I did not care. Yeah, dude, you could so, yank out your speeder bike anytime, jump yeah. off it, jetpack into the air, fire these endless rounds. Like, it was what I was trying to convey in the beginning. Like, if you were selling me on, like, developing this game from vanilla Destiny launch, like, this is going to be the biggest shooter ever. This is so yeah. much fun to control. What did Matt call it? The minute by minute? I'm just reiterating points now. Destiny Actually, rules. Chris. Hmm. Funny story that you Give don't me. know, but I do know. Uh, one of our first ever interactions was in Destiny. Was it? You and I, I like somehow we had friended each other on the PlayStation Network. Like I don't know how it happened, and it was long before like I was ever in like writing in the, about games or anything. And PlayStation's how it happened. Yeah. What was that? I said hey, Chris is trolling for dudes on hey, Brendan, PlayStation. Send news. Yeah. Send news. Yeah, exactly. Brendan. That's what it was. Send and you ended up you ended, you uh, you and I like played Destiny like not without without voice chat or ever and my younger brother was also in our fire team and mm-hmm. he like sent me a message he's like is that Chris Antista? Are we playing with Chris Antista right now? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, sucks. dude. Yeah. Did I, did I suck? I can't even tell. No, no. It, I don't I don't remember it sucking. I think we were just doing like like strike missions or something and it was fine. But yeah. yeah <laughs> that's like the first time we ever interacted it was in Destiny 2. I had it's one of the best online experiences I've had in the last decade. I was yeah. I was playing more openly with people all the time. I was rarely like, oh shit, Mike's on. Hey, can I jump in your fire team? Yeah, man. Uh, never do stuff like that. Never. I'm a solo guy, almost always. But it was so much more fun to play together. Yeah. No, Destiny is the first time. Like I've raided in WoW and stuff like a little mm. bit. I've dabbled, but like Destiny is the first time I would study the fights in the raid because I there's a few things I hate more than like being so bad at a game that I'm dragging the rest of my team down mm-hmm. but then I also learned about myself there's also a few things I hate more than fucking noobs who drag the rest of the team down because they don't even bother <laughs> learning the fight or their role in the fight and like Destiny has all of that like I can't tell you how many countless hours I spent just failing raids with bad pickup teams right like it does require you to coordinate and talk and be like you need to stand right here and you need to shoot this shit as soon as it happens and it's like to the game's credit it kind of before big fights like there's always like a thing to go triggered it's like it knows that and is like yeah i gotta give these guys like 20 minutes yeah, to you explain to, the like you would see people right? stop moving like this guy quit is he afk he's sending me a message by mail like okay this is gonna warp us both to different dimensions when you're in this dimension you need to do this if you're in this dimension you need to do this uh, so 
again, it's a, it's a, it's, I don't know if that makes it sound amazing, but like eventually even like the modern, what is it? The war zone added uh, raids. Like it, it became a, it never became a big thing, but it is the coolest thing about destiny. I want more destiny raids. I just, all I want is for them to drop the two. (laughs) Just make it go, man. Let it go. Can you even buy destiny one? uh, I don't think so. I think it's so because the of the Activision deal. Like it's, well, right. it's it. They, they, I was there when they shut the servers down. Like it was wild. It was very much just kind of like, hey, I'm gonna go sit in the city and dance on the edge of this cliff or something like that, and and wait till they shut the servers down because I wanted to be around for that because I'd given like a thousand hours to that first game or something like that. Oh so, man, yeah. that that might be the defining tale of Destiny. We really have to stop talking about it. Yeah. When they made the. Um, Backstreet's back music video with five people on a fire team and people are like activating oh, yeah. their Titan abilities and throwing out grenades and they're perfectly choreographed. It's kind of the thing you can only do in a game like Destiny. All these sparks everywhere, pyrotechnics surging from your body to the Respect wonderful sounds of Backstreet Boys. Nice. It was great. I watch it once a year. It makes me happy. All right. Well, we should move along to number two. And I have a feeling we're going to find much less to talk about with these next two entries. Try me. <laughs> okay, got it. No yeah, voices. Sounds like some space <laughs> bullshit. <right here. laughs> That's right. It's space bullshit. The game. It it was space bullshit, but I, I'm telling you, and I hate to shit all over. Starfield, I say that mo- that's my most John Arbuckle impression. Mm-hmm. I I had a good time in early No Man's Sky because yeah, it was relaxing. And I wish there was more of that in Starfield. But, oh, looks like I'm heavy again. And I got to <laughs> throw some shit out and go back to this ship. Well, the, the um, problem with No Man's... One of the problems with No Man's Sky initially... Mm-hmm. Was that it didn't really like there wasn't really a lot to do. Like you were kind of left to discover, like here, explore and figure out what this universe is about, and maybe you'll find something. And so you'd stumble around and you'd find like ancient alien architecture, and you'd go up to it and you'd learn one word, <laughs> and you'd feel like you were a little closer Woo! to something. Zinc, baby, come back, Zinc. <laughs> <laughs> But that something felt like really big and complicated and and not all that fun. Yeah, inventory full at the end there. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing with this game. But I mean, the, the feeling that I wanted this game to give me at launch, I do feel like games like Outer Wilds eventually fulfilled. It's right. like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what that game was going for. And or or the, thing, the, the thing that I think people... There was a lot of overpromise on the game, and oh, I think yes. what people thought, like the game you're thinking of, is Eve Online. Hmm. You don't want that at all. <laughs> no. Well, you, the, <laughs> the problem was, and I was part of this because mm-hmm. I I was did a freelance interview for PC Gamer, and I got mm-hmm. to sit in a room and talk to uh, Sean Murray, Sean. and yeah. and he told me to my face, it is like, well, what you are you going to have multiplayer? It's like, yeah, we're we're still deciding, but uh, it's it's going to be uh, like. I think he he referenced um, shit. What's the PlayStation game that everybody loves? Running around in hoods uh, and, and cloaks. Um, Assassin's Creed. No, 
Uh, journey is a journey. Yes. Oh, yes. oh yeah, yeah. Journey. Yeah. Yeah. Just having a brain fart. Sorry, um, but it's going to be like that where like you'll just be wandering and <laughs> and someone will wander into your game and and you'll you can meet or you can just go on your way and yeah. And, and that, that was immediately disproven. <laughs> yeah, that did not happen for like a couple years, I think. So yeah. the, the the game, yeah. to its credit, has been through a lot of patches since then. Oh, like yes. it's it's. A, like a completely different game 10 times over but oh, yeah. it's yeah, wild yeah, yeah. how much they like that core changed. vibe is still there i i mm. i love this game and i just continue mm. to love it more and more as as stuff goes on like there's some stuff that they've added that is not necessarily i'm that most interested in like some of the sim and building stuff is it's fine but it's not totally for me i really just want to explore and see cool mm. planets and that stuff just gets eternally better uh, mm-hmm. as they put out more patches and like it's a game that for a while like i played it at launch and i had a good time with it like it was you know like it was it was a good vibe kind of relaxing but once they said like hey we're going to keep working on this i decided i was going to take some time away from it and then i came back to it like an a, a year or two later and ever since then like it's a game i fire up like every few months and i play for like a week or two and at the at the very least, mm-hmm. um, I I think it's it's it, it, for me personally of like redemption arcs. It's the game that like it's my favorite of those because um, I had a lot of hype for it in the beginning. I was slightly disappointed with it, even though I thought it was fine. And where it is now, I think it's just it's probably the best space game that I've ever played of this style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it, and playing Starfield, all I did was miss this fucking yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah, we we should probably go through the history of this game and how it got so, so much hype. Yeah, I do it, think it is. Worth but it, it it's strange that it did get so much hype because, uh, like, the company that made it, and I remember hearing people who were like very hello. skeptical of it. Yeah, Hello Games, which their two biggest hits were Joe Danger and Joe Danger Two. Like, yeah. they're basically like Excite Bike style games or Trial style like games. About, yeah, yeah, like doing bike stunts, and uh, and then like. They're going to create, like, the most ambitious game of all time. And I think they were saying something like, well, it's all procedurally generated. So it actually, like, takes up very little space on the disc. And uh, at, at first I thought that's like, wait, so it's going to be, like, randomly generated as you go through? Like, no, it's going to be randomly generated once. And that's yeah. going to be the set-in-stone yeah. version it's of the like, universe. It's what Minecraft but, does. It's a yeah. seed. It, it's yeah, like, it's, it's a seed and it generates, like, something quintillion planets. So there's there's a ton yeah. of shit, and then you know, of course, you all remember, like when it was first shown off, Sony had put all this money behind it, and they were no. showing. That happened later. Did it? It did. Like uh, once it it made a splash with the public, mm-hmm. oh, then right. I think that's Sony right. got yeah. behind it, and I okay. think that's yeah. the story of No Man's Skies. If you're an independent company and making all these promises that you intend to deliver on, once you start accepting first party money. You have concrete dates that you have to meet whether you're ready with this shit or yeah, not. Yeah, it was like yeah. on stage at an E3 presentation. No, no, it was first revealed yeah. at a VGX well, Awards. What, what I was, what I was leading the, up to... They said, like, hey, Sony's going to do it. Yeah. ...was that there was a very impressive trailer going around and looking at Alien Life, and it became a meme shortly after launch. <laughs> Welcome to Jurassic Park. Hmm. No, Uh, so yes it's showing these you know wonderful alien dinosaur creatures in the trailer and then like 
here's the actual gameplay, and it's this, like, shitty-looking thing with, like, a T-Rex head and, like, the back legs of horses <laughs> as its forearms. And it's I'm like... such a sucker for those. What is it, like, a kazoo? Melodica. Or, like, a bad accordion yeah, melodica, meme? Melodica, yeah. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's... I still think some of this were unfair expectations put on by gamers that a game could never absolutely yeah. really do oh, but 100% it, oh but yeah but yeah. to correct myself like i murray was out there touting shit that I, but actually I there you, were articles written about that so to okay i'm going to i'm going to defend him for a little minute there so you're right i'd say 95% of the initial hype around this game was more we talk about games have this problem all the time like it's more people's expectation for what a game will yeah. be is different than what it actually is but us. Like, I'd say when you comb through Murray's comments, if anything, he was very much like a politician. Like, mm. Michael, Michael's interview is a good example. Like, he's kind of vague with some stuff where, like, 98% of what he says, if you look at it, you go, well, technically that's true, but it's vague. And he, he I remember did there, have, there like, was some quote where, like, will I be able to statement. fight somebody else's ship if we find each other in the galaxy? And he's like, it could happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, but there were yeah, yeah. a few statements that he said that were that turned out to out, like, outright be wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was lying at the time. Mm-hmm. I think it was more just like development. Things change during development, right? And I so think probably they were, they were a small, changed. they were a very small company and got yeah. in way, 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 way over their head. Yeah. And didn't but, know how to message appropriately what would and wouldn't be in the game. But again, to their credit, this has clearly been a passion project. Like they have oh, really yeah. dedicated themselves I think to they, making this better. Because they're a small company and everyone who works there probably likes one another and what they do and what they made, this this may be apocryphal, so forgive me if this isn't a real example, but it's it's emblematic of other things. This like, is uh, the, right the games show for an apocryphal thing. It's the apocryphal game, <laughs> game yeah. apocryphal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the game came out, people are disappointed, and then there's like a Reddit post like, guys, the the the, the hell. Oh hello, games is working around the clock to fix this. Like, how do you know that? Because I drove to their headquarters and took pictures of their parking lots at various different times. People were. Well, that's not creepy. It, mm, yeah, it was fucking that. awful. Don't actually, it was. It was. It was fucking awful. Yeah, people. But like, I remember there was a post similar to that. Like, somebody did something outlandishly creepy to defend them, and it was the case. They were working round the clock for months, if not years. To make this closer to the game they promised, and I'll never forget. Like, uh, I went over to a friend's house, introduces me to his son, and I'm like, "You're playing No Man's Sky," and this is like a year ago. He's like, "Yeah, like me and like a dozen of my friends. This is like all we want to play right now." And it's just like in my mind, No Man's Sky is over, <laughs> but no, mm-hmm. it's improved and captivating thirteen-year-olds around the clock. Oh yeah, and thirty-three-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> They and forty five year olds. They added a ton of stuff. They added a co- like a coherent storyline. Like they you did, now have yeah. a reason to get pulled across the galaxy. They added like giant enemies and uh, vehicles, and of course multiplayer. You can you can now play. Just join up with your friends. You don't even have to worry about if you manage to run into them in the vastness of space somewhere. I think this is the best post game launch success story. Ever because the next game will mention like there's well, a lot of mo- it's the second best. It's there's a lot of two. money behind this. I yeah. think the Sony money dried up a long time ago. This hmm. is about reputation and, yeah. for lack of a better word, honor for Hello Games. Like they want to honor the the promise to gamers and 
who knows, and to maybe make this something people would keep. I don't know what the in-game monetization is like. It didn't exist when I played it, but I'm sure there's some now. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think there is. is they're, there? they're still, you know, charging price. It's, mm-hmm. it's not like free-to-play or anything. And I, I do like that they have honor like a good tree guy, Chris. Yeah. Any good tree well, guy. What I also heard is that, like, it fucking sold like gangbusters out the it gate did. so they were able yeah. to take that money and put it back into development it, right. it bought them a lot of time to yeah. work on it because they were a team of 12 when they launched this game that is tiny they, they were yeah. like a little indie and that was part of the problem with this game is it's like manage your expectations folks this is a dev team of 12 you know yeah. what I mean and like what they were able to launch with is still miraculous like wow that, that small dev team produced this game that is it was like infinitesimal at its launch. It was huge because of the, the proc gen stuff and, and how they designed it. But it was also pretty boring at a lot of the times because mm-hmm. of the nature of proc gen. Like proc gen, if you don't curate it well, it's like, yeah, there's going to be a lot of really empty, boring shit around yeah. here. Guess what? Like the real universe. I know. <laughs> you know what else was procedurally generated? The, the planet. And I've driven yeah. across <laughs> one country and most of it is awful and boring and unlivable. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you will spend most of your time in No Man's Sky doing shit like this. <laughs> Just using a laser to mine for shit. Mining? Yeah, it's, it's a what mining a stupid thing. game mechanic. Who would add that in 2023? <laughs> but, uh, but, like... I, I remember getting kind of bored and daunted with it. Like, you know, try to, like, go buy a different spaceship. And it's just like, yeah, spaceships are fantastically expensive. You can't afford one. You can trade yours for a different one. It's like, I don't know if I want to trade. And then, like, stopped playing it. Came back a few years later. And it's just like, oh, shit, there's a freighter being attacked by some pirates. I'll kill the pirates. What did this, the freighter captain do? He says, like, out of gratitude, I will now give you my freighter and all of our cargo. It's yours to do whatever the fuck you want with. You can land your ship here and fly around the galaxy and like, oh, fucking rad. I think I think video game generosity is the America we all imagine. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to, hey, thanks, man. Yeah, that's you, it. That's your reward. Oh, you things. threw you threw threw Slugworth in jail. I'm giving you my chocolate factory, Charlie. Uh-huh. All yeah. of it. It's all yours. You threw Slugworth in jail. Good for you. Yeah, good, That's good it. for you. <laughs> yeah, you uh, bad news, Twitter found something from, from nine years ago and hates you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're <laughs> being yeah. asked to you cancel your GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> your grandparents are going to die. Anyway, yeah. well, let's move along to... It has been 15 years, but the bitter taste of defeat lingers still. Star Wars! 15 years since the Imperial fleet set course for Mordona, led by the Agrios, mightiest of all vessels. Silver Till lay ripe for the taking, and all of Eorzea would soon be ours. Or so we believe. All of Eorzea in which game? Uh, Final uh, Fantasy fourteen. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know, but given the relative quality of Final Fantasy sixteen, which is the first game I have ever played from this team, mm-hmm. which has a distinctly different feel than the previous Final Fantasies, shit. Yeah. Well, none of us, like Brendan accepted, have really played Final Fantasy fourteen, but the story... And the process that this went through 
for redemption are so incredible that like this this is like the ultimate unlikely success story that this game I, I do want to add because I think most other companies and IPs would have given up on it would have given up on it very early mm-hmm. yeah and and I think they had they had the Final Fantasy 11 success like 11 years of success to where like we have to at least try to get half of that amount of success out of 14 otherwise any other publisher of square size would have walked away is Le- is 11 even considered that much of a success oh, yeah, yeah like it, it was like 11 had a monthly fee for 10 years it still does it's still it, active yeah, it's still going wow. people years. people like me still play that game <laughs> is it still playable on ps2 i wonder it was it was their highest grossing game until like two or three years ago when final fantasy 14 surpassed it wow um yeah Wow. So, and uh, try as they might, the, the the fans won't let it die. No, but Final Fantasy fourteen. Originally, when it started, the original director in twenty ten, by the way, in, yes, was Hiromichi Tanaka, who was the director, one of the directors, uh, one of the leads for Final Fantasy eleven. And so, Final Fantasy fourteen in its original conception was closer in gameplay and like just design philosophy to Final Fantasy eleven. So it was a much more Hardcore MMO. It wasn't as you know, like stiffy and and it was very grindy. It was very grindy, and and I'll get to some of the issues with that in a second. But it was you know it was trying to be a more elevated, better graphics, bigger world, more you know a, a prettier version of Final Fantasy XI, but, but rooted in tradition and a framework. Yes, in that in that still in that like classic EverQuest. Mm. Uh, a tradition that Final Fantasy XI still to this day shares. Not only were they going for that, in a world where World of Warcraft, a game that completely <laughs> changed the game for MMOs, is still, you know, was dominating immensely at the time. Um, they also tried to... They were just... The way the game was made was a complete disaster and an absolute mess. So there was stuff like... Mm-hmm they would make a barrel in the game, right? And the barrel would have as many polygons and as high resolution textures as like a character model. And so (laughs) the... Michael loves his barrels. Hear that? Yeah. And like the tools wouldn't work and the UI was a mess to navigate and things would just crash all the time. And then, so they make all this stuff and they have these giant zones that have nothing in them and they have no content. And so in order to like... You know, they're launching with like very little to do in this game and it just riddled with bugs. And one of the things that they did to prevent people from getting through the game too fast is they put caps on how much like experience you can gain in a day. So like wow. hardcore players who wanted to play this game for hours and hours and hours like they were doing for Final Fantasy Eleven, they couldn't do that because you had to, you had a you know a XP cap. So that a needless gate. Yes. It it, but it it's like a soft cap, right? Had, it's like, oh, yeah. you can keep playing, but you're not. You can keep playing, but you're not going to get any any progress. Your character's not going to get stronger. Um, so, uh, yeah, it launched, got completely panned. Even Final Fantasy XI, like hardcore Final Fantasy XI players who want a hardcore MMO like that, hated it. Um, and so they suspended monthly fees for a while, and then they oh. brought in uh, Naoki Yoshida who's producer or he's the director of final fantasy 14, the producer of final fantasy 16. And he previously was working on dragon quest 10, mm-hmm. which is another MMO, uh, in squares catalog, um, which is a good game, by the way, if you have the translation tools, it's a, it's a neat little dragon quest game. Um, anyway, uh, 
So he came in and he basically like he, there. What he did was he made that initial version of it playable. Like he just he basically is really good. He's like the closer, right? You bring him uh. in and he makes the shit happen. So he just had like a giant spreadsheet and delegated all these tasks and just made the game playable. And in my opinion, the most interesting version of Final Fantasy XIV, as someone who loves Final Fantasy XI, was patch 1.23b, which oh. is the last patch of Final Fantasy XIV before the 2.0 A Realm Reborn switchover. Realm, Realm Reborn. Forgotten Realm or Realm Reborn? A Realm, Realm, Reborn. Realm Reborn. So that version of it was like, it was still like this kind of EverQuest style MMO, is really big, sandboxy more player-driven mechanics rather than, like, the, the kind of theme park style, the WoW style of what it is now. Um, but that version of the game ultimately was sunsetted in kind of the same way we were talking about how, like, Matt was in the, mm-hmm. the, the tower at Destiny and they were closing all the servers down. They did that in Final Fantasy XIV with this, like, apocalyptic event yeah. where, like, all these meteors came down and destroyed the planet. And it was incredible. Like there was a build up to it, and and yeah. finding out that like yeah they they sunsetted it because they realized like we can't salvage this. We have to build a new game from the ground yep. up. But uh, and once once it was close to being ready, they're like they introduce their, this empire that you're fighting against decides that they want to just destroy this continent you're trying to defend. So they use this device to call down one of the planet's moons like a meteor and so it starts like you see the players would see like this red dot in the sky and over the course of a few days it would get bigger and bigger until it was like Majora's Mask yeah huge in the sky just weird shit would start happening so all of the music in the game was replaced with this like this sort of echoey vocal rendition of like the theme song monsters started appearing everywhere in formerly safe places in towns in ridiculous numbers and then as the clock ticked down it just played this cg trailer ending cinematic where you see these armies going to war that the empire against the eorzeans and the moon breaks open and bahamut comes out and just starts wrecking everything with yeah meteors and missiles and his breath weapon and like this this wizard guy appears and like def- tries to de- defend your party with a shield and ends up like his shield won't hold so he sends you all 5 years into the future and this this is the last uh close to 30 seconds of what Final Fantasy 14 the original sounded like Chris and Brennan were saluting. Uh, like, so I, I have never had never played Final Fantasy fourteen except very briefly. I had no idea watching this cinematic who these characters were, or I had no reason to care about them. And yet, that 
last cinematic, knowing what it represented, actually got me just a little bit choked up. Like, this is so fucking sad. This is a tearjerker. And it's, yeah, closing out this game that is then going to come back as a different, better game. It represented five years of work by a dev team to that point. You know, like, this game began Mm -hmm. development in 2005, or probably sooner, but that's what they've officially acknowledged, you know, Mm -hmm. so... So yeah, the the last visual is just like an old man kind of w- grinning a tight smile as he like faces this impending fire that engulfs him. He gets absorbed by the sun, basically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so it's I like it's go. like he's the developers protecting yeah, the players. It, it felt like that. I mean, this is how bad the original flopped. Square for the year this came out, they had to revise their financial forecast revenue down. By 90%. Wow. That is I mean, catastrophic I, for a company. Like, as a casual, I didn't know till Brennan mentioned it, Like the, that, that much of their revenue was reliant on this. I mean, kind of the only new Final Fantasy content fans were getting for like almost decades at a time. It kind of makes sense now, though. Like When I look at like Square's output over the last several years, like, yeah. They have a few big games here and there, but for the most part, they're these really small JRPGs or like they're spin-offs of the big franchises that I, I, I don't see them chart on the sales chart. So I know they're not selling millions and millions of copies, and I'm like, how is, how do they keep affording to put this stuff out? And it's like, oh, it, it's paid for by, this. well, by their hits, but also by the the steady stream of income from 14 online mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and, 11. and 11 apparently, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I will never ever get over. I'm not into the game, but I loved hearing Lav talk about it. Mm. And, yeah, Lave's mm-hmm. a big fan. Yeah. And and one of the last shows he did with us was to talk about the last, the, the latest at the time Final Fantasy fourteen. Patch. Lave's still he, with us, by the way, folks. He's yeah, she's dead. not dead. <laughs> the way yeah. that was worded sounds <laughs> he's like he's just not podcastable. <laughs> yeah. And 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 he, he can't be on here because of his job. And he yeah. was like, "Go look at the comments on the YouTube or on the YouTube." It's not only the mo- there are they the most positive comments I've ever gotten for a review, it's on YouTube. Where like I, I remember, like the fir- like a year after YouTube added comments, like here's the trailer for our new game, and someone managed to like enlarge text capital F, capital A, capital G, capital G, capital like th- th- those were the number one trending comments on game, game trailer. <laughs> back then and like in life's IGN review because of the people who had been with this game for 20 like yeah. how long like uh like it's, like 12 what, years, 12 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and like oh this guy having some reading the review where they were like dude this guy clearly has been playing the whole time oh my god yeah oh my yeah. god they were all that was the most positivity I'd ever seen in YouTube I, I was comments, gonna give the period. community credit like it's very rare in online games to have communities that aren't super toxic. And I've never heard that about the 14 community. It, the game itself is not easy to kind of get into just in terms of like Square's sign in and, and service and stuff like that. It's like, but like, I never, like you hear about some online games. It's like, yeah, I wish I could play the game more, but I just, it's, it's toxic, right? We've talked before, like on Grand Theft Auto online and, and Red Dead online. It's just like, yeah, I was having fun until I just got griefed the entire time mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. people enjoy doing that like 14 does not have that problem at all like brendan you paid you played it a lot more than i do but like correct me if i'm wrong there it's not it's not known as a toxic fan community these are people who love this game and want it to succeed mm-hmm. it's not it's not a toxic fan community i do have 
I, I will call myself an outsider of sorts because um, I haven't played every expansion. I played A Realm Reborn. I played Heaven's Word. I jumped back in with Shadowbringers, but um, I didn't play any of... Uh, Gosh, I always forget the other one, Stormblood or whatever it's called. And then I played Stormblood, none of the Endwalker. I, did, I played yeah. none of Endwalker. So <laughs> I and I and to be honest, like like this game is a game that I like. It's not like my favorite Final Fantasy. It's not even my favorite MMO. It's not even my favorite Final Fantasy MMO. But all that said, <laughs> I, I you know I think of myself as kind of an outsider in that state way. Um, and I do find it a little bit odd some of the like the like rabid positivity around this fan base and kind of like the the parasocial relationship that they maybe have with with naki yoshida sorry um it's just something that i feel that said it is kind of earned like yeah yoshida like treats the fans really well they are very transparent they put on really good fan community like events and stuff so i get it Uh, uh, you know it's not necessarily how i engage with with games necessarily or my fandom of games but you know oh well um no it's I, when i worked on monster hunter like if the, if you're working on something that does there's not a lot like this yeah and i really like what this is yeah a lot of positivity comes from something like well, that. well part of that positivity you brought up the expansions that i did want to I think one of the reasons this game is is viewed as such a continued success is like it just seems like with every big expansion, which they release these uh, probably once a year or once every like year every and a half, other, two yeah, years, something like years. that, is the expansions just get better and better. And like what I've heard is I I barely played this game and I feel like I'm missing out because like people who play Final Fantasy games, which I count myself amongst at least the mainline entries, they're like. This is telling one of the best stories a Final Fantasy game has ever told with some of the best cinematics. And I'm like, in an MMO? And they're like, yes. Yes, you need to be playing this. What I resent about it, but also like, duh. Final Fantasy's future was always this. If you liked the games and wanted them to evolve, you should always have been rooting for this. If you're disappointed by 16, yeah, it's because it's not fucking online. It's a very linear goddamn story, which isn't why you... We're wowed by Final Fantasy to begin with. Sorry to throw wow in there again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know. Wow, I think Final wow. Fantasy 16 plays a whole lot like Final Fantasy 14. It just That's has action combat. Yeah. So, um, I I mean, I, I think Final Fantasy 16, I think, is is a good game. It's uh, it, it didn't blow me away. I think it's a good I game. I loved it until I hated it. <laughs> okay. We might have similar Fair. feelings on the game. Um, <laughs> yes. You a, should have ended bosses game. ago. There's a lot um, of that game, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, 14, I think, you know, regardless of, of my tastes in MMOs, I think it's a remarkable game and it's a remarkable yeah. feat. And Yoshida should be commended, if nothing else, for the just his ability to make that thing work. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely commendable. And to get games out in less than 10 years. Pretty amazing yeah. for yeah. Square. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that has been our top show. Five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> Sometimes I wish. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, don't, don't be like. Uh, All right. I'll, I'll handle the second half by myself. Yeah, guys. Buckle up. All right. Look for the second <laughs> half on the crawl on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I can't. Uh, so yeah, that's been our top five 
games that recovered from disastrous launches. On that note, we're going to take a little break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some Phantom Liberty, some separate ways for Resident Evil 4, a bunch of other stuff, so stay tuned. When the cop, the nurse, the fire brigade, I break down, they all run to my aid. It don't matter just how deep I get stuck. Someone arrives to dig me up. Someone fix the game for me. Someone fix the game for me. I scramble high enough to see that somebody fixed it for me. Let's get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. To tell me more about not only a trip to Japan, the the most recent person I know to go to Tokyo Disney Sea. Biggest, bestest, most expensive Disney theme park in the entire world, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Most expensively built, maybe not to visit right now with the strength of the dollar. Hey, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Mm -hmm. Tokyo Disney Sea twice to the point where, ask me if I'd go again. Would you go again, Chris? I don't know that I would. That place has three hour lines for everything. Well, the thing that I did, because the ticket. You know, with the with the conversion rate and stuff like that, the the ticket itself to the park was only seventy dollars. Damn, really? Which, which is like half as expensive as Disneyland. Yeah. Right? Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreon.com slash laser time. And welcome back to our second segment where we're just gonna hop straight into long-winded joke this time we got a lot to get into like what is this ea holy shit sports yeah we if, well no one talks about ea sports fight club because no. that's might that's as well the be rule of the ea sports for. fight club <laughs> I, I love it it's just that inse- insistence like no our brand should be bigger than this sport we're talking about well i think it, it's not the sport it's the the governing body of the sport mm-hmm. that uh right yeah well so, so for this the first, is the first time year, ever Honestly, the you know, the FIFA license not for, doing for business game. with FIFA is kind of an ethical choice as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, no, it definitely yeah, is an ethical choice. Point. Absolutely. I, and honestly, I don't. I haven't heard enough to know, but I don't think it's going to hurt their sales one bit. At this point, like, it's just EA's soccer slash football it's, It game. seems like the people like, hey, where's the FIFA that comes out, that's come out the last 27 years? It's called EA Sports FC Club now. Oh, I'll buy that one. I, I, yeah. I hope it's that way because, like, everybody wants to see FIFA and old Mr. Bladder. I, I do need to point out you just did an ATM machine thing when you said FC Club, so thank you for that. I, that's how it's written in the doc. You dip sh- Oh, wait, no, it's not. No, it's not, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not at all. I did. Uh, Call me a dipshit. Uh, Shut up. I couldn't, a lot like the word club. It's fine. I couldn't see it over my chai tea. <laughs> And I never, I, I never get tired of the joke about the head of FIFA, it was the Sklar brothers, Sepp Blatter. And he's like, "That's what it's." I think that's what happened when somebody shits in your dick. Septic <laughs> 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 Blatter. Sepp Blatter. Sklar brothers. They are the most sports fan of comics out there. Uh, they are the best. 
Yes. But anyway, we don't know anything about this game, which is why we're just riffing. No. But I'm sure it's good if you like those games. They're always mm-hmm. best in class. I like to break down all the sports titles on this show, and I hear there are moments of triumph. And I like to watch soccer, so maybe I would like this game, but I don't. I don't. Know. I wonder how many loot box opening videos uh, this will flood YouTube with. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to get real messy. Or Ronaldo, <laughs> and oh. I got a kick out of that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that's I am spent. I have no Respect. more energy to talk about this. <laughs> um, Resident Evil Four Separate Ways DLC. <laughs> Fucking love this. Love Resident Evil 4 Remake. Did anyone else get a chance to play it? I no! Play, I haven't. I, not, I, really I haven't played as to, much though. as you, but I played mm-hmm. enough to to understand what it is and what it's doing and, and why the Ada Wong stuff is so badass. So. Mm-hmm. Does it do anything crazy or different? Does it? Yeah. Got a got a grappling hook for getting... Like, it's, it, it's levels that you've played before in Resident Evil 4 Remake, but, like, you're coming at them from different angles. The enemy layout is different the goals are different and yes you can get around them with a <laughs> grapple gun which is kind of <laughs> awesome love that you have to like mention the enemy layout because i played re4 so many times the enemies are like fucking trees like, <laughs> this should be standing here so i can hit it exactly right yeah yeah but like you will see certain scenes from you know you know ada ada watching leon secretly and mm-hmm. yeah like you know when uh, was it Vitoris Mendes, the the village chief? Like you know, looks at Leon in the eye and is like, "You have this sickness," or whatever he says, uh, and like leaves the room mysteriously. Like you find out, oh, he left the room to kick your ass as Ada. Like <laughs> that's what he's doing. But yes, I I, I quite like the DLC. Um, oh, and you can use you can use that grapple gun in combat, which is kind of cool. Like you know, one of the. Th- the things in Resident Evil 4 and the remake that is like kind of part of the game is like, okay, how close do I need to be to shoot this dude in the face so mm. that he can, so I can get that melee, yes. you know, prompt well, that, to, to then insta kill them. That's the right? thing. You don't even shoot them in the face. You shoot them in the legs. You shoot. You, you can do that. Yeah. 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 And it'll make them stumble. And it's like, okay, melee. But in this game, if you're too far for a melee, because sometimes mm. that would happen uh, yes, in, the, yes, in the last yes. game. In, that, in the last game, you would shoot them and you're too far and you're like running to get there in melee and it, you don't make it. With this game, you can use your grapple gun to close the distance and then do do the melee insta-kill thing. Because you're trying to save ammo, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, it behooves you to melee enemies as much as you can. So. Yeah. And that that is a really cool addition. And, and yeah, like she's, she's got a ton of firepower. She's got an explosive crossbow um, that takes up a ton of inventory space. Uh, uh, and did, I, did we mention... Wesker? Ah, uh, yes. You see Wesker within like the first five minutes. This is not a spoiler, mm-hmm. but you yeah, see. Yeah, no, he's. I mean, he, I mean, if you beat the if you beat the game, you you know Wesker's yeah, around. He, he's around there. Yeah. Yeah. He's so. he's he's Ada's Hunnigan, basically. He uh, mm-hmm. shows up every once in a while, like uh, I don't care what you have to do, just get it done. Yeah. I'm just gonna wear cool. sunglasses inside. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to show up and save your ass, even though I wasn't even supposed to be on site. Has anybody told you to about here. the Roman Empire? <laughs> 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 yeah, so it's good. It's yeah, good. And it's, it's, it's uh, relatively... It's, it's 10 bucks. Cheap. Yeah, it's cheap for if, one of these. If you have bucks. Resident Evil 4 Remake, uh, it's criminal not to get it. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's like... <laughs> It's a subs- Added to my rap sheet, yeah. so I haven't got it yet. I mean, it's it's like seven <laughs> chapters, but it's still a substantial amount of game for ten bucks. So I'm still all about that lies of penis, man. I bet you are. Put it into my veins. Mm-hmm. 
put penis into your veins? You yep. heard him, folks. Yep. <laughs> Didn't misspeak at all. Right into his P organ. <laughs> hey, he knows that there is a P organ in the game. <laughs> I know that. Okay. I know I, you said you hadn't that. played it yet. I haven't played it. I know but I know about the, the P organ. organ. Are you of course crazy? I'm aware of this game. Nobody knows about the P organ, Chris. Jesus. The P organ. Uh, <laughs> I'm so confused right now. <laughs> the porgan. Uh, I've been Ask doing sit-ups so I could you. put the P organ in my mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm making Matt cut all this. Um, <laughs> I'm not cutting any of that. That's okay, good. That's yeah, fine. That's Save it. Save um, it. <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077, part of the reason we talked about it as our number five, was because Phantom <laughs> Liberty is out with uh, with Idris Elba. Oh, that makes so much Knuckles! sense. Knuckles! Mm-hmm. <laughs> with Knuckles, yes. With starring Knuckles. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, man. Um, so this this thing got me to not only uh, buy the DLC, I repurchased Cyberpunk on Xbox just so I could play it in an environment where my fan wasn't uh, taking off to the stratosphere. And um, I, I, I didn't want to have to replay through the game to the point where you can unlock the DLC. So I was very happy that it let it just gives you that option. It's like you roll a new game and it's like, hey, do you want to start at the DLC? And I'm like, shit, yeah, I do want to start there. And it basically it puts you at level fifteen or something yeah. like that. Lets you reroll yeah. a new character. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which, which uh, and and it's uh, it drops you in a pretty intense storyline. I won't give many spoilers, but it. I think the best parts, like Michael was saying, of Cyberpunk are like when it does lock you into kind of a huge story, big moment, and this thing starts with like a huge moment where it's basically like a plane goes down. And you have to try to extract. Yeah. It basically becomes Escape from New York at some point. Yeah, and cool. before there. It- before that, it like begins with a platforming challenge. Like you have to sneak into Dogtown, which is like this this area of town of Night City that is like fortified by crazed libertarians and mercenaries. And like, there's no they laws also invented, in here. They also invented skateboards. Yes, they did. Damn, you yep. took my job. Uh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you you have to sneak in like through this the la- like this crumbling parking garage and so it's like yeah you're starting off with what's basically a platforming challenge that's a little I bit ballsy right. yeah. yeah yeah it's a little weird a yeah little weird. and and then like yeah save the president as her plane goes down and uh it it does yeah like like you said it has a bit of an escape from new york vibe but only for about 20 minutes there <laughs> yeah and yeah well what I, what I do like is one of the first things it does is show you the new systems which it basically mm-hmm. so in the story there's this like uber hacker that kind of breaks into your brain and she can see Johnny and talk to him which is kind of funny because he's like wait you're not supposed to see me like um, and uh, she gives you your oh. new abilities which is like a secret part of the relic chip that has been there the whole time and but oh now she just discovered this is by the way you're carrying this high grade military hardware in your head might as well give you some advantages and it basically unlocks a new skill tree in the skill tree it's like a yeah. new area that there's kind of three sub areas one is very much like uh stealth focus where it gives you an instant like uh you can you can go camo and invisible during fights which mm-hmm. the enemies kind of lose track of you one upgrades your cyber arm like mantis blades to give you this thing where you can leap across the map and take people out and then the other one just go a wolverine if, if on you them. go in running and gunning it like highlights weaknesses on enemies um i chose the stealth one because i the way Buzzy. i wanted to play this hmm? well no the way i want to play this one is is uh i'm playing it like a netrunner where i'm i'm, I'm hacking my enemies mostly like all of my abilities are, are going into like I'm going to overheat my enemies or I'm going to short circuit them or take out their, you know, make a, their gun malfunction. And so it 
it pairs nicely with stealth. It's like, yeah, I just want to duck out of combat and fuck with people from afar until they die from all the computer stuff I'm doing to them. Although, at this point, I think I also want to go a little bit into the tree of shooting enemy weaknesses. I tried the Manus thing, and just... I found it wasn't killing enemies as much as I needed it mm. to before I just got blasted in the face with a shotgun. I mean, yeah, my, my preferred way of playing this is still uh, just run up to enemies with a high-powered shotgun and blow them away. Uh, yeah, because huh. they fall on the ground and they that still have their health for Starfield too. Like, shoot yeah. the rest of yeah. Yeah, That's also how I play Starfield. But, like, yeah, you, just, you get enough health pickups and you can just, like, wade through combat. Like, it doesn't matter how much damage I take. I'm just going to keep shooting this stuff up. But, yeah. Whatever. So it's it's really neat. It, it gives you that stuff, and then basically the Dogtown. It's a new area of the map. It has a bunch of these like little junction points where you un. So, so the skill points for the 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 new skills are not tied to progression like your regular skill tree. It's like you have to actually. It's tied to collectibles. Like you have to mm. go to these little mm. things on the map and and download something and, and collect those skill points and abilities, which is fun if you like collecting shit on maps and open world games. Which is hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> but yeah, I I really that's, enjoyed that's, this so far. Taylor Swift. Yeah, again, and it's like it's <laughs> I got it. Thirty bucks. I I read like you know was looking up how long does it take to beat. I saw like fifteen to twenty hours, provided you just you know mainline it, which means doing that? there's a lot of stuff there. So it's probably yeah. closer to twenty five or thirty. Who knows? Yeah, it, it it adds it adds a lot of extra content. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's like a whole little yeah. new island in your in your open world. And again, it comes with a two update. And I guess one one thing that they touted that was part of Phantom Liberty, but that I guess is just part of the two update, is that they added like combat driving stuff. So like you now have combat driving skills in your skill yeah, tree. Yeah, you can shoot while driving. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if those were there before, but now I guess you can also mount guns to your car. Do you can do like a twisted mm. metal thing. And if you if you play like a netrunner like me, you can hack the enemy's cars to like throw on the brakes and, nice. and, and lose them that way. Classic watchdog stuff. Love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So everybody describes cyberpunk. <laughs> Classic watchdog. Well, you know, watchdog is looking like a real Ubisoft employee. Yeah. There, use <laughs> use your phone to control enemy cars. Do that all the time. Whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In real life. Uh, <laughs> The, did anybody get to play uh, Aki in Street no. Fighter Six? No, it came out as we're recording this today. I need to get home the, and, and the play. Snake this lady. is the the weird snake lady. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did play uh, El Paso elsewhere. Wait, oh, let's see if we can do some improv here. I hear Brendan only plays New York elsewhere. Oh, I should have said New York City. God damn it! I ruined my own fucking <laughs> El Paso salsa joke. Oh. <laughs> I should have made a left turn at Albuquerque. New York City. <laughs> Elsewhere. Whoa, whoa. So, whoa. So this, Where are you going? <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. This is a very heavy homage to Remedy games, especially yes. Max Payne 1. It's basically like a Max Payne 1 boomer mm. shooter uh, where you can you know expression. do the slow motion shoot dodge and slow time. And your main character is a pill-addicted former cop who's trying to stop his ex-girlfriend, Draculae, Lord of the Vampires, from uh, destroying the world. <laughs> and and it does the remedy thing where, like, you know, you'll pass by a radio and it'll turn on and it's like, on last week's episode of Pill Cop, something happened that parallels your current situation. And... <laughs> Can pill cops stop abusing pills long enough? And of course, you know it's it's doing the Max Payne thing where painkillers are your health pickups. So of course you're abusing the pills. 
But the the only thing is like it it's fun. It's really clever. Um, I'm not very far into the game, but so far all of the enemies have been like these vampires that look like mummies that just shamble around. And I feel like if you're going to have that slow motion dodge, the best reason to have it is if enemies are shooting at you. And so far, nobody's shooting at me. So it's like, I, I don't feel like this is as good for escaping, like, just melee enemies. But uh, uh, but otherwise, like, yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm going to play it some more. And it's less than 20 bucks, which is pretty good. Um, and Mineko's Night Market came out on PC and Switch. It is a very cute, very tongue-in-cheek, uh, sort of irreverent take on... You know, Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, etc., etc., where like you're this little girl who comes to this town and it has many supernatural secrets. And there's a night market, and you can craft things to sell at the night market. And uh, yeah, I, I've I've only played it for about 20 minutes, but it's cute, it's fun. If that's your kind of vibe, you will probably enjoy it. What the hell is a night market? Is that like a 7-Eleven? No, it's like a <laughs> no. it's like a marketplace, but at night. Yeah, we have them all over in Portland. Mm-hmm. What? Oh yeah, I saw a pig. That was awesome. What? What? You never saw a pig? <laughs> it's like one of the best oh, movies the last ten oh. years. Yeah, that movie. No, yeah, yeah. Huh. that's a true story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is there night markets in that? I never saw it. Dude, it's one of the see. It is really one of the best movies Nicholas Cage has ever made. Right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, let's move along to... <laughs> That's how I salvaged the joke the joke that bombed with the fucking recommendations. <laughs> I, lo- I love the simultaneous... What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Guys have played every new game this week, but not the best movie of three years ago. Yeah, I don't play movies, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't play... Asshole! Games. Michael just edited me on air. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play movies. I love that. Yeah. Uh, let's see, a lot of news, a lot of news. Um, we were talking about uh, FC24, EA's FC24. Is this news? This is news. This is news. EA Sports. to literally everyone else in the world. Every license that expires, their games disappear from online storefronts. Uh, I think it was surprising to people because the old games had been left up for so long. It's not like every year when the new game comes, they take down That's the, true. Old, the old game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if you wanted to get like an EA FIFA game from years past, um, you probably missed your window on that. So no, those... you didn't. Go to any Goodwill and have $1. Okay, on the digital <laughs> version of those games. So yeah, the, you can no longer um, purchase or brand new versions of, of FIFA games digitally in most storefronts. Apparently, you can still get access to some of the DLC from those games, so it would seem that like... The servers are still on, or you know, they're still letting people. I, should, I shouldn't make jokes. I know a bunch of people. I don't know anybody who plays these games. Period. I have not touched a FIFA game since I think ninety-five to ninety-seven. Wow, that's um, okay. That's very long time. I've, it is a I've long time ago. And I know a lot of people who play games. Nobody who plays FIFA, and there are probably some people who are relying on an old FIFA to still work. And it is kind of. Will their old FIFA games still work in any way? Do you want them to work? Microtransactions? I don't know. Why would we bring this up? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think it's it's newsworthy to me because it, it is just like it, yeah, the end of, a, of like the the divorce of yeah, EA's thirty year divorce. Final at yeah, this point, yeah. you know. Not, not only yeah, you just can't go find them and buy those games of, and remember times fondly times of of yore. It's uh, it's all gone. But um, remember that time you uh, were in that. 
series of games and you almost scored one goal. Why am I making anti-soccer jokes? I played I soccer know. for 20 years. It's the only sport I watch online. I must be feeling saucy. I'm going to sit back for the next second. All right. All right. <laughs> like a linebacker? What the fuck do you call in soccer? I don't know. I don't know anything about soccer. A defender. Yeah. Strikers? Yes. Strikers? I'm going to be, I'm gonna be sweep. Yeah, there's there? a striker. I'm going to be sweeper. Just because I know you know even less about that. Is, is there wing? Are there wing guys or yes. is that hockey? No. Okay. Matt, all the football you like are named after soccer positions. For fuck's sake. You can't pretend That's like not it. true. There's no such thing as football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, would I be better playing Tinker, Taylor, Soldier, or Spy? <laughs> That's rugby. That's entirely different. <laughs> uh, let's see. The FTC. I played hooker re- in rugby. I would know. <laughs> wow. Right? Uh, the FTC is reviving it's, its challenge against the Microsoft Activision deal. Boy, this story just never ends. Um, this this deal felt all but done. Like I think it's it's supposed to get completed by October 18th is the new deadline. And oddly enough, so like the FTC is kind of like, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to challenge it again. Even though I guess when they mapped out the average timelines of how quickly they could even get to this case um in this it's like an admin review it's it's going to be after that deadline so like it sounds very much like the deal is going to be done and closed before the ftc is even able to evaluate it again and i'll just quote one activision blizzard exec uh lulu chang miservi sorry if i mispronounced that she tweeted the following um (laughs) she said the company is focused on working with microsoft toward closing before adding how the FTC uses limited taxpayer resources Ooh. is their decision. <laughs> Fucking shade. Wow. Damn. Oh, she's uh, not, by the way, she's not wrong. Because this is sort I of mean, how she's I She's not wrong. And there, it's it's highly likely. And like, I'm not really for this deal. I don't really want yeah, rich like, companies to get richer and employees to get let go, which is what will happen. But this is probably someone trying to make a name for themselves in a position they won't hold in one year. Well, but yeah, irrespective of the validity of like wanting to keep these companies apart, which, yeah, there's a very strong reason to. Yeah. Like the FTC came with a piss poor case last time. Mm-hmm. And this is a waste of everyone's time and money unless they yep. can bring something better. That's yep. why I feel that way. I'm just like, yeah, you guys, you've already lost this kind of a few times. And every court or state body like UK tried to challenge it. It's like, yeah, they've been able to overcome all these objections. It's it's over. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm, I appreciate the effort. It's over. Yeah, maybe maybe just come on. Let, let's let's call it a day. Why don't you bow once again to the people with all the money? It worked out fine, uh, regulating the financial institutions in 2008. <laughs> Go for it. But if, if nothing else, this case has brought us, probably since that epic Apple case, it has brought us some of the juiciest email oh, yeah. leaks. Oh, yeah. um, I can't, yeah, it did. I can't it's, tell if it, this thing was related to the case or that other Microsoft leak that you guys covered while I was out. But it's um, there's an email from, from Phil Spencer from 2020. Where he's he's very um, it's prescient email he he he's very good at sort of explaining what's happening in the games industry and mm. particular with with big publishers and it's it's like an email where he's writing it to like his bosses at Microsoft right so it, it's framed for like non games people and and literally he says like hey I realize I haven't explained to you the dynamics of really what's going on in this industry and why we want to do game pass and why we feel this is the place to be and what's happening so he basically explains that like the advantage that triple a big publishers had over the years was when the thing when games were mostly sold at retail was like they could use their ability to package all of their games together as an offer and their clout to kind of say hey we're going to get 
better shelf space at yep. retail because we have all these cool games. And so they're going like to put that. up a kiosk or a, a, a what do you call them? A, not a poster, but shelf one of those, talker, end yeah, caps, this sort of end cap, three D display. So so once online storefronts like Steam or like the Xbox online store, or PlayStation and Nintendo has one as well. Like once those got launched, it kind of democratized game yep. releases where you didn't necessarily need big publishers to put stuff out um, where, you know, even indie if, devs if, could if just there were still end caps at Walmart or Target, I would have told you it's been five years since anybody's put up any display like that. So basically once they kind of lost that advantage of, hey, we have some clout with retail, and it's not like retail doesn't still exist, like plenty of games are still sold at retail, but he said publishers sort of got into this arms race of, well, one thing we do we can do to remain super competitive is we can put way more money into our games and into these franchises than mm-hmm. these indie developers who now can just post their game alongside ours on these digital storefronts, and that's what they did. And so it became this arms race of like, Publishers are spending more and more on development of games, like hundreds of millions of dollars, and on marketing of games, which, to be fair, like, yeah, the small guys can't even begin to compete there, right? Mm -hmm. But what that had the effect of doing is it makes every game release a huge fucking gamble at that point, like, you Mm -hmm. know, for for these big companies. It's, uh, we talk about... Square with Final Fantasy XIV yep. and how they lost 90% of their projected revenue in a year because that, that game didn't hit like they needed it Dude, to. Dude, one of the right? last things I, I remember seeing like that, it, it just stuck. It's not the last time it happened, just what I remember. Remember Bravely Default? Yep. I can't think of a great game that is so not for everybody. And you walk into a retail store and there's like a mobile dangling from the ceiling and they've dressed up every aisle in Bravely Default for a, three, for a $40 3DS game. That never happens anymore. And retail used to be the place where most buyers, consumers, discovered a game existed. Yeah, I mean, Square and does not market those that level of like they market at all fantasy, but they're, yeah. they 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 don't market Octopath. They don't market right various Day Life, uh, Harvestella. I, all these I, other I actually games. Like, missed Matt last week as I did one of his, this conversation was like one of the more interesting things he said, like. Third-party publishers have a really hard road to hoe and can only like rely on major franchises established twenty years ago. Well, and they, yeah, that was his other piece mm-hmm. is like, and because they're like going for the safer bets, like they haven't been investing in new franchises. And he says, if you look at the hits of this industry in the past ten years, there's basically an equal amount that are like new franchises by more indie companies, right? Good. So things like mm-hmm. uh, Roblox, Minecraft, Fortnite, Candy Crush, Clash Royale, Dota. These are all people who are not in the traditional publisher structure. And he's like, there's a reason like the major publishers haven't, they haven't bothered developing new IP to kind of replace mm-hmm. the IP, the older IP, because it's like, well, they have to go in all in on that IP. But here's, here's where, you know, he, the case he's trying to make is like, this is where services like Game Pass can come in. Mm-hmm. You know, it can, right. it, it can help get them some guaranteed revenue for these games and and they're willing to make you know these smaller bets or experiment a bit more because they don't have to worry about the big hit but he also talks about one of the results of all this is you're going to see more conglomeration Mm -hmm. which this again was written in 2020 and like since then well microsoft's been responsible for a lot of that conglomeration but like you see publishers buying publishers and people joining forces because that's what they can do that's kind of the only way to satisfy shareholders and have that growth in his opinion and it's um it's a fascinating read for an industry guy like me to be like wow i mean he was very prescient this is three years ago it's like yeah he's very much in touch with kind of the direction a non-industry guy like me it never ceases to amaze that 
Konami doesn't have the data to make a Castlevania game, but I can walk into Netflix and pitch a Castlevania project. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, no notes. Go, <laughs> go. Multiple seasons here. Uh, yeah, this has brand recognition. People will see it, but and it's part of a greater program. We're not sinking a ton of money into just this. Yeah, it makes more sense to greenlight things as a massive fucking package than game to game. And that's really scary as far as how we've learned to like and consume games. But also, maybe we can get more Castlevania. (laughs) There's been way more Witcher Castlevania projects on streaming services than there has in games. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it it also is like, you know, he's basically saying the only. One of the ways to make money on a service mm-hmm. like Game Pass, it's not going to be selling that game up front. It's like you can get a big yeah. franchise in there and make a lot of money in the back end through microtransactions and, and season right. passes and stuff like this, which is it's why it's important that like Sony has taken that different direction. And their their strategy is more like, nope, we are investing heavily into first-party games, and but we're not going to include those with our subscription services. We, we're going to sell these things to try it's to make weird. our money back because they're so Actually, expensive I think to that, make. That was the... This week, uh, Spider-Man and God of War are free with PlayStation. I think if you like, if you get it new, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you, you buy a new PS Five, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you you can get. I think but even Ghost of Tsushima it, might be. Included. Yeah, it's like yeah, no extra yeah. cost though. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a it, handful it, of games like you can get one of them for free, I believe. Oh, you only pick one. I think so. That's a little different. Yeah, yeah. It's basically just get a free game with your new console type deal. Yeah, so. like every every time I've clicked on that story, I get to like, oh, if you buy a new console, I'm like, well, and then just back out. Yeah, there's actually a very similar deal for Xbox, but it's like through Verizon and you get Starfield, or if you get it at Target, you can get like, I don't know, like half Clank. a dozen you games, can get. <laughs> You can get, oh, I forgot the name of the Sony first-party game. Crank? Clank? What's Knack. the one oh, that you're like? You're thinking of Knack. Knack, yes, Knack. you can get Knack on Xbox free. By the um, way, that's a good sign, folks, because what that means is that the consoles are at that point in their life cycle where they can no longer just put it out there on shelves yeah. and count on it instantly selling out. Like, the fact that they're coming up with incentives means, like, oh, that's okay. That's why I brought it up. Because yeah, it, what it is wild, though, is there was a list of all the first-party games f- exclusives on PS5 and Xbox 360, or, Jesus, Xbox Series. Yes, 360, um, yes. Uh, and it was, it was, we're like, what, three years into these consoles yeah. now? Two or three years into these consoles? Yeah, and according to those leaks, we're looking at a new generation within the next five years. Mm. And... Like the number of games that are have come out, it's like less than two dozen between yep. all of them, and it's it's that is a little bit scary because like the size of these games, the scope of them, just like his email was talking about, like they're huge. They they like you can't take risks on on that sort of thing. You mm-hmm. you you gotta like you know conglomerate and do that that sort of thing. Um, you you have to have a surefire sale. You can't make a smaller game or an, a, an experimental new IP. Well, yeah, um, you've, you've spent five years and hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, get like, yeah. you get like two shots from a studio yep. at this point in time in a, in a console generation if you're, if you're lucky. lucky. It's, the same, it's the same problem Hollywood has been exactly. having for years, which actually the, the easiest way for me to contextualize the story is think of the company that's been trying to launch new IP, new brands, or, or take more chances with movies or, or the companies. Netflix, 
Mm-hmm. And how are they able to do that? They run on the subscription model, not yep. the ticket sales at the box yep. office model. Everything right? you pay them funds a bunch of other things, not yeah, just yeah. recouping their loss from developing this one thing. What I was kind of like moving towards was to say like, as much as people like to point out, hey, you know, Xbox has no first party games right now, or you know, all they had is Starfield this this you know holiday season or whatever. Um, the reality is, I think that they're. I mean, just from a money perspective, with Microsoft in general. But I'm less worried about Microsoft because of Game Pass, because yep. of how yeah. their strategies work. I'm Steady way running. worried about like Sony, like three three duds for Sony. I mean, that that's a huge. I'm, I'm going to buy Spider Man, and I don't know. I'm not worried about Sony. of any other first party. <laughs> well, I, what I, I mean I is, bought... like, I think that they are in a more precarious situation long term than mm. what Microsoft is. I mean, um, you, you should like, be establishing new first party is... brands all the time. Yeah, but I mean, like, and and the thing is, is like. PlayStation is what makes money for Sony. Everything else about Sony pretty much doesn't make money. I am going to send so you an angry text on my Ericsson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. Um, <laughs> whereas, like, Microsoft, like, you know, they make money from tons of different... Yeah, yeah they're, they're what, saying, Xbox so. is one of the smaller divisions yeah, of Microsoft. It's not even their most profitable. Yeah. <laughs> and then, meanwhile, Nintendo's got, uh, you know, like, more money than God or whatever because of... Yep, uh, games only. Yeah. So, Game sales um, only. And so, like, it's just... Um, I don't know. I, I think I think the the stuff that he's writing about in that it like it it makes me a little bit concerned about about the state of the industry in general and like the idea of like I don't know can can PlayStation do that? I don't know. I only care about new, more, and better games. All those those three things. But what it sounds like Phil is talking the executives out of like why are we making a system? <laughs> it sounds like I mean he's always kind of been transparent about the fact like he's he's interested in game pass as the service yep and like he wants that thing everywhere he wants yep. it on pc he wanted it on switch he, he if he could i'm sure he would put it on on a playstation yeah like if, they, this, if he could this make that deal work he would silly little um, loss leader that like we're losing by the way in the loss leader category <laughs> anyway whatever um, this is this yeah. is my whiskey portion of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, it is interesting to to note Sony's strategy in that they don't give out their big first parties up front. But what they do still have uh, that Microsoft doesn't anymore because they cut out the games with gold portion of mm-hmm. Xbox Live Gold. They still got the PlayStation Plus Essentials, which have been revealed for this month. Uh, I worked Ooh. on one of them. So if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber, you're going to get yourself the Callisto Protocol for. Free yes, I'm Callisto. <laughs> Welcome to my protocol. <laughs> if you're not into that, perhaps you're going to like some Farming Simulator 22. Holy shit! Farming Simulator! <laughs> I got as far away from the mic as I could. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite episodes of Big City Greens, by the way, is when the dad gets addicted to a farming sim video game because he's remembering his farming days. And then finally, last but not least, uh, Weird West, which <laughs> I saw oh, wow. I saw okay. an industry analyst point nice. out it's so funny. It's li- literally leaving Game Pass this month, and now it's <laughs> on PlayStation. <laughs> what a slut! Man, I, I went through like three different games in my head before I remembered which one Weird West was. That, because there were two Weird West games that came well, out within like three months. You of got, you got Weird game. West, Hard West, Evil West. There's a lot of games that just are Frank know, West. Adjective West. Yeah. It's, Weird it's, West it's, is the uh, immersive sim one. Yes. Right, yeah. And the the other one was the guy who directed Pearl. 
It's a joke for no one here. Okay. It's fine. Someone will get it. Don't cut it out. Sure. Let the let the silence soak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just soak in that mm-hmm. silence, listener. I don't know. I'm not trying to impress you. Uh, and then final <laughs> bit of Sony news. Um, after a long, long, long career with uh, Sony PlayStation, Jim Ryan is stepping down as the head of PlayStation next spring. Um, he started at Sony back in 1994. That is wow. Pre-PS1 days, folks, or right around PS1 He didn't right? want to make it to 30 years? I don't know that he's leaving the company, but he's stepping mm. down as the head of the company. Uh, so I'm only going to well, consult for $30,000 an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess he's only been head of PlayStation for like four years. Mm. Has it the, only been four? Yeah, well, from what I just saw. I pulled some <laughs> choice quotes, um, and I remember first hearing about him when... He had comment about backwards compatibility. This is back before mm-hmm. Sony was supporting it. This was from like 2017 where he uh, he's quoted, he's like, we, when we've dabbled with backwards compatibility, I can say it's one of those features that is much requested, but not actually used much. Mm-hmm. And then he went, it goes on to say that, and I was at a Gran Turismo event recently where they had PS1, PS2, PS3, and 4 games. And the PS1 and the PS2 games... They looked ancient. Like, why would anybody play this? Can you believe like, we made these duds? <laughs> which is like, well, there's lots of retro gamers out there who love yeah. to play. But he's only games. He's, he's only right. I remember, like, I was getting a new car stereo installed, and I needed to be on a date. And the guy was taking a long time. He's like, I got everything working, man. But the uh, FM radio, I'm like... I have never thought about an FM radio in like 10 years, but there's no way this car leaves the lot without an FM radio. That's backwards compatibility. I demand it. I never use it. Hmm. I will not buy a thing without it. I never use it. He's not hmm. wrong. How do you listen to NPR then? <laughs> Through my app, live, anywhere I am. Yeah, from any country that. I want to pretend I'm in. Yeah. Man, I sure hope Sony as a company continues existing. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> of course they will. I know. I'm. It, it's difficult to. I, I did not. I don't know who this guy is. Hmm. Is what I'm saying. So one thing he. It's interesting. He did cite as the reason for his stepping down. Um, he, I, I don't like E3. Well, he talks <laughs> about the difficulty of living in Europe while working in North America, which is mm. like. No, that's uh, that was. Uh, I the only time I've ever felt for James Corden when he because when James Corden left that. Uh, what do you call it? The the Letterman slot. Or the post Letterman, sl- I don't know. He basically killed that talk show format. I'm like, dude, you owe that format. And he's like, my kids are teenagers, and I can't keep flying across the country. It is, I fucking, oh, we were talking about rail somewhere, and the, how much time flying takes with no flying. It's absolute bullshit, and you do it all the time, Matt. But like, uh, yeah, I fucking hate it. Like, it I, I love you. flying, and I love being in airports. I love being in a plane. I don't like parking. Waiting, taxiing, baggage claim, rental car service, returning to rental car service. Yeah. Connections, like there's just yeah. life yeah, on it's the like, road. It's, is, it's is like hard. I could get a flight to Orlando from where I am right now. That would take the flight would take thirty minutes. The drive would take four hours. It's the same because of everything around the flying and doing that cross country, changing time zones. I get it, man. It'll kill you. It'll fucking kill you. Yeah. So uh, end of an era. But, um, you know, good luck to Jim Ryan and his next endeavors. And that is all the news that's fit to play. Right. Imagine not being able to see your kids or, like, your kids growing up away from their family all the time. Like, 
Even if he's just telecommuting from Europe, though, like that's still like I, I have to like you know it I, sucks. I, I if I want to speak to people in France as part of my job, I have to be up and and at my desk and working at eight a.m. or earlier. Or and and clean and clean. I mean, dude, you can't just roll out of bed when you're talking to, like, your corporate overlords. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, you got to run a brush through your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Michael puts on a great filter. I wear, I'm wearing dog ears today. Mm-hmm. I dare you to ask me about it. I will sue. <laughs> oh, the headphones are great for just tamping down my hair. So, uh, anyway, but no, what I'm what I'm saying is, like, it's, it's difficult just to meet those hours. Like, if you have it to is. be awake in, in Europe, like, you're going to be... Working through the evening while everyone else is having their normal day. And, yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine that would be pretty rough. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I work with European teams all the time where it, it, it sucks because it's like, hey, we're just getting started in our day. And they're trying to drive home to yeah. get their kids from mm-hmm. daycare or whatever. And it's This like is the last thing they do thing. before they slide down the dinosaur's tail into their rock car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. how seriously are they – I hated it. I hated Europe, it. Europe's fucked up, man. They still yeah. got dinosaurs. <laughs> it's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. At least, they, at least they, all their like dinosaur daycares paid yeah. for. You know, universal. that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, true. it's true. But the, it's, it's the still... dinosaurs have very strong unions in Europe. They, they're it's yeah. protectionist. Yeah, strong unions. Never for that pterodactyl they pull the tail of to let everyone out. <laughs> yeah, it's, a it's not called Estonia for nothing, folks. Uh. Anyway. <laughs> Modern Estonian family got it. <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on to our community segment, which is always a segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, "What's your favorite Mortal Kombat fatality?" Uh, Can you say it like that. Yeah, uh, Brendan, <laughs> uh, you weren't here last week. Do you have a favorite? And Matt also. Yes. Uh, yeah, I do. Actually, it's funny. Uh, a couple months ago, I actually wrote like the grossest Mortal Kombat fatalities oh, nice. for Gamespot. Um, and the one that I like the most is Triborgs from um, Mortal Kombat 10, oh, nice. where he compacts the, the the losing opponent into like a meat cube. Awesome! And oh yeah, spits it That's out. I really like that one. That's a good awesome. Because yeah. I, I wanted to make one minor complaint because I went and watched like a 4K version of MK1's Fatalities. Why is all the bloodletting still a GIF in 4K gaming? Like, just blood spurts are still. 2D gifts all the time. Like, oh, impress me with some chunky, chunky, chunky oatmeal gore. Give me. I haven't seen any. I mean, I've seen some of the fatalities. But that's time, when but. You, they do something physical with the model of the character, and it's not just an overlay of blood spurts, which is has not changed in any of the Mortal Kombat's. That's why I don't even think they're gory anymore. Unless I it, like, there's gory and there's violent. They kind of have their own motor combat look mm. at this point, where it's yeah. it is a combo of ultra realistic bones and like organs with just ketchup blood with it's a really- drag and drop mm. blood spurt that, that <laughs> yeah. goes over everything. So, so I'm a big fan of uh, the the crushing fatalities. Like I love Jax in the new one, and it's a callback to his previous one where he just grows to giant Jax and stomps on a dude, and squishes mm-hmm. him, which I think is hilarious because nowhere else is it established that Jax has this growing ability. <laughs> he never. Like, Nope. He's, he's so sportsmanlike to never use it in a tournament. <laughs> but that's not my favorite squish uh, squishitality. Um, Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat 3 becomes a Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet yeah, and falls right? on yeah. his yeah. opponent and crushes them to death, which is like so many questions. Like, does that mean the characters play their own games? Because those cabs have been in other Mortal Kombat games since. Um, do they know? Is Mortal Kombat a franchise based on 
the real tournaments in their world? There's so many questions, and it's amazing. Or does it forecast what's happening in MK1? He sees outside of everything mm. that's happening. It could be. But then he it also is, is made even better because he has this like awesome yell while he does the horse fatalities, which is like, Arr! and then he just squishes people as an arcade cabinet. Is he? Does he turn into the arcade cabinet? I don't know. I think he just disappears and it just drops out of the sky. So yeah. I don't, I don't think rules. it's actually him. But I gotta pick yeah. something up. Mm-hmm. I'll be right back. Never <laughs> fatality. <laughs> gotta gotta hire some union guys and move in a crane with this. Uh, I don't want I any machine. fucking complaints about the sensitivity of my Liu Kang impression. <laughs> Liu Kang over here busted his hump every day Lou. in the Netherworld tournament. <laughs> Call Liu. Call Big Liu Kang. You got Kano coming here busting my KOMs over this shit. I'm out here trying to slam the ham. This motherfucker comes in here talking shit to Luke King's face. Ow! <laughs> Can you give us zombie Luke King from Mortal Kombat 9 and 10? Or- Hada bada movie of the week. <laughs> That's, I remember his special move sounding in two. Perfect. Movie of the week. Nailed it. Perfect. Uh, all right. Uh, on the official Laser Time community on Facebook... Steven Strom says all of Scarlet's MK9 fatalities. While mm. a lot of the characters in Mortal Kombat definitely enjoy the ultraviolence, Scarlet seemed a bit extra twisted to me with her literal bloodlust. Mm-hmm. Cutting their neck and spraying blood all over herself, hanging them above her and cutting their stomach and letting guts shower over her. Yum. Or her babality where she drinks blood out of a baby bottle. She didn't want to just gloat and inflict pain. She wanted to make use of the resources <laughs> she earned from the hunt. Yeah. She's literally uses blood powers to fight. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, Jose Garcia says, I'm a big fan of uh, UMK3's version of smoke blowing up no, the entire UMK3. planet. <laughs> UMK3. <laughs> the, uh, that's Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. Don't fucking question me, Brendan. <laughs> I will do home movies impressions at you until we do stop it. this recording. Do uh, it. Hey, Brendan. The implications of such a ridiculous fatality, yeah, are fascinating. I'm not going to do any more John. Whoa, Benjamin. who invited H.R. Benjamin or whatever his name is? <laughs> uh, oh, man, that kid really farted. That's my favorite line from him on Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Look it up. He already won. Why go that far overboard? What's left to defend or conquer? It's wild. And they brought it back and gave it to Cyrax in the new one. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Let's see. Patrick McClafferty says, I am fond of... Borracho's fatality from deception that involved yes. taking a swig of booze and using a torch to make the spit a flamethrower more than the one involving farting fire. I'm Boo. weirdly fond of that character. Despite the hate, he always seems, uh, and it is a fun finisher for a not-so-serious character. I do love, Michael, that you did point out that it is a pun mm-hmm. on the Spanish word borracho, meaning yep. drunk. Yes. Look, as, as a fellow Irish person... I can say this. I think maybe it's because you have a, an affinity for the booze. Like, there you go. You know, just, just drinking it, yeah. Also, that like a rotund Mortal Kombat character. I'm like, oh, not a palette swap. It was exciting. <laughs> he looks new. <laughs> he looks new. Everybody else is ripped in the exact same way mm-hmm. in Mortal yeah, Kombat. They just, they, they just did the selection tool and then expanded. Yeah, yeah. And they bring him back as an old lady in Mortal Kombat 1 as Madame Bo. <laughs> Swell. Yeah. Uh, Casey Clark says On the Twitter. uppercuts in the pit of spikes uh, in the original Mortal Kombat, just oh, because yeah. I did it totally by accident one time as an eight year old <laughs> and was the cool kid for a week. 
Yeah. No, the pit was f- fantastic. That should have been at least one it's of us should have picked that last week. It's unbelievable. Like, not. No- I, I don't know that I was playing the game before you, we knew we could do that, mm-hmm. but that's one of the things that swept everybody. Like, everybody is talking about this game because if you do an uppercut on this one level, you knock a dude into spikes and get new animations. I think part of Mortal Kombat's initial success was the secrets like that. Like, yeah. the fact that we had to slowly figure out fatality inputs over time because there was no internet and things like that were like that directly led into brutalities like a brutality yep. is nothing if not like yeah you just do this one special move at the end of a or not well, one regular move at the end of a fight and that creates this extra bonus way of killing people mm. love it like you it's, will it's, punch it's, someone's head off yeah exactly yeah, it's fantastic um well uh, also on twitter keith says quan chi's next stretch from deadly mm. alliance has to be the goofiest fatality yeah <laughs> it's so fucking dumb he hops up he on just... their shoulders and just pulls their head straight up and, <laughs> and maybe just they walk around like a zombie like Ooh! with yeah. like a four foot and, neck. and you so know stupid. that just came out of like some 3d modeler like fucked up coordinates on a head and it's just like oh, look absolutely. at this oh my god absolutely. we gotta put this in the game <laughs> They look kind of like a weird Star Wars alien or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see. A working class luminary is something to be, says John Lennon. Um, off the top of my head, I got to go with the classic scorpion removing his face to reveal a skull that melts his opponent by breathing fire on them. I, I love that especially just because, like, I don't know how much of the canon was thought out at that point. That was just a cool thing to do, and it right. still is. And it made Scorpion like, he's not of this world. Yeah, forever. I do love that in Mortal Kombat One, that move—it's a cameo fatality. Or fatality. It's referred to just as Toasty. Like, like canonically now, it has become known as Toasty, which is a different thing for Mortal Kombat, but still amazing. Yeah, we've got some answers from Blue Sky. Uh, Blue Ski, uh, Pat and Bo, everybody, get off Twitter and go to Blue Sky. How yeah. about that? So um, I like Blue Ski. That's Bisky. a way better way of pronouncing it. Blue Ski. Sounds like a, a beer you would drink uh, in, in Wisconsin. You know, uh, Twitter this week reached more hate speech and misinformation than any other social media. <laughs> Even you don't social say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still like an impressive milestone. Like, mm. one guy's only owned it for Wait, a that's year. That's actually a statistic. That's a yes. real statistic. Oh, my yes. God. It doesn't surprise me, but. Yeah. Not so, wow. they, and they remove the report and disinformation button because one guy really? loves of course. it. I can't blame you for thinking it did sound like a Norm MacDonald setup for a joke. I was just like, yeah, I was like, like, oh, like <laughs> it sounded like a Norm uh, New study has, has proved women prefer men with beards than men without beards. This comes from the study from Bob Seeger University. <laughs> uh, like, uh, it's one of my favorite underrated Norm MacDonald jokes. It's a great one. <laughs> uh, uh, poor uh, Patimbo says, I have to say, Cassie Cage kicking someone in the crotch so hard that their spine pops out is pretty spectacular. When you give someone a nut shot and none of the damage is to their nuts, <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pretty great. He included a picture. Um, which you can do on Blue Ski, which is a much yes. better social platform. Let's go get In some general, Blue Skis yes. after this, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, let's get some Blue Skis. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about Bill Blue Ski? <laughs> <laughs> to Bill Blue Ski! <laughs> Bill Blue Ski, look at my front teeth. <laughs> Brendan, do you want to read Roadside Picnic? Sure. Uh, Roadside Picnic says, Mortal Kombat 2 Molina. I love her removing her mask, swallowing the opponent whole, and then spewing a fountain of cartilage and bones. That's gross. Okay, I just made fun of this 
the blood gif in 3D Mortal Kombat's the dragon drop parade of bones and organs bones? in yeah. 2D yeah. Mortal Kombat's <laughs> the entertains me to no end. Well, then you'll like the Dork's Delight answer because they say any of the fatalities that there produce way more than one body's worth yes. of bone and viscera. You're fighting one guy yet, hey, look, 13 femurs, four skulls, <laughs> nine rib cages, <laughs> yes. and yes. two miles of intestine. It's the multiple rib cages <laughs> that gets me every time. Yeah. It's like... Hilarious. Yeah, you don't. You, you can be a newborn human and understand that that's too many rib cages. I don't know how many and how much intestines we have. That's too many ribs. Uh, Mortal Kombat uh, contestants are just very compressed because of all the bones they're keeping inside their skin. So sure. you give them one True. little scratch and it just pops like a balloon. Why Two do you think cages. that lame new character from the movie a few years ago? His power was literally oh, an exoskeleton of bone, right? Come on. Man. It was a fun movie. That guy fucking sucked. Movie. Come on. He, he did. He fucking I, sucked. He should have been uh, literally anybody else. From a Let me turn it around. Speaking yeah. of two rib cages, we just yeah. talked about Elon Musk. And if you've seen him with his shirt off, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it looks like he's wearing multiple rib cages. Uh, he, was, he was found in a diamond mine. They're not sure what species <laughs> he is. It's, it's not his fault. It takes a lot to be wider than Adam Driver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does. He did it. Uh, a man riding a woman riding a motorbike on blue ski says cheating a bit, but orchid's fatality and killer instinct. Hmm, clever. Uh, where she flashes her tits at her opponent to kill them. A friend and I looked up the combo and spent about two hours trying to pull it off correctly. Not sure if the code was wrong or if it was removed on the Super Nintendo. I, I think there's still a version of it, but like, yeah, the. the it's it's back to the camera and then like you get Tex Avery like cartoon <laughs> eyeballs. <laughs> I I love the only good thing about dating women my age is sending Tex Avery wolf gifts to the, to me when they <laughs> send me a picture in like a new dress or something. And oh yeah, no one remembers that at all. But it's been so well gift. Mm. Including the one where he shoots himself in the head. <laughs> if you want to a freak him response. out, you should just use a gif of like large Marge when she does that with her eyes mm. in, in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That doesn't convey horniness, <laughs> no. though. No. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't. Conveys, I want to scare a man-child in the middle of nowhere. Uh, she was <laughs> horny for Pee Wee. By the way, large Marge, um, we've all outlived her canonically. Mm. Like, she's like 41 right. when mm-hmm. she dies. Oh, if you read her tombstone, it's pretty, pretty big. Wow. Yeah. Um... So, new question of the week. Uh, th- this comes to us from a uh, friend of the show, Dave Rudden, uh, emeritus host, who says, uh, how many times have you changed primary platforms? Uh, so, I, th- I think, you know, even if you're weirdos like us who have to own everything, uh, you still have a platform that is your favorite. I know I've been through a bunch of changes over the years. Uh it first happened with the N64. I was a mm-hmm. ride-or-die Nintendo loyalist. And then all the sequels to the series yep. that I loved came to PlayStation, and then so did I. And it's like, wow, this is just so much better, and I can pirate the game so easily. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember uh, uh, somebody who may have been Matt pointed out like uh, that console parody thing. Like, I-, I really went out of my way to uh, optimize my television settings. Uh, for all of my consoles, but PS5 games look and run better almost all the time. 
and occasionally we'll get an offer for codes or <laughs> from people on this show or others, and it's just like, I prefer to game on Xbox, but every once in a while I want a game that looks badass on mm. PS5. It still looks and runs better there for the most part. Yeah. But I mean, I, I went from, like, yeah, PlayStation, then PlayStation 2, then Xbox came along with its slightly better graphics and integrated hard drive, so there I was, then 360 for the next gen, then, uh, yeah, PS4 just pulled me away, and then, mm -hmm. yeah, now it's, I'm kind of just gravitating toward PC now, weirdly. Yeah, I can see why. I, I, it's, well, the thing is turned into such a fucking hobby, and, like, yeah. it's, it's higher performance, and I'm, I'm sort of getting to the point where, like, Xbox and play, like, 360 and PS3, that era conditioned me to really value achievements for some reason mm -hmm. and it's just like if i'm not getting like some sort of meta points for this i feel like i'm wasting my time and i've gradually outgrown that yes and uh and so now it's like well i don't care about steam achievements but i do care about steam performance and and no one else has like a portable that's coming out where you can just play all your fucking games yeah. whenever you want wherever you want dating back to the 90s <laughs> So I've, I've done this obviously a few times, but I kind of no longer need to choose because I'm an adult who makes mm. money to, to buy all of the consoles. Yeah, but so I, but I, even even so, you have one that you will want Matt, to play Matt more. is bragging, by the way, about having $1,200. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not. I'm not claiming I'm rich by any means. Which I don't, no. so and, and, I'm but, very But I, I wasn't going to say, <laughs> but e even then, you know, I've owned every platform since I could do that. I guess starting with... In 64 generation, that's when I kind of bought every platform I no, could. I, were, I, I worked. I think we all worked our asses off to get mm. all those systems back oh, yeah. today. We had to play. Had the had have the ability to play everything. So along the way, at some point, I became an Xbox person. Like with the original Xbox, I owned that one, and pretty much since then, like yet even though every generation I've owned all the major systems, like. My preference has remained to go to Xbox, and, and this generation in particular, even though I get that the PS5, it, the controller is just better at this point in time. We'll see with, with Xbox and that leak and that new controller and stuff like that, but for now it's like, okay. But the reason I still, like, when given the choice, hey, do you want a PS5 code or an Xbox, there's a couple reasons. Number one is, like, Phil Spencer's commitment to backwards compatibility and just, like, the ability to use your games across devices and stuff. Like, I've, was it Smart Save? What was it called? What were they trying to call Smart Delivery. There smart was Smart Delivery. delivery. But, but even then, it's just, like, I feel like they are more future-proofing my purchases. Right. Sort of like how Michael's been gravitating toward PC, which, by the way, that's the best way to future-proof your purchase, just mm -hmm. buy a PC. But, like, I feel like Xbox is making an effort there to the point now, and I love when this happens... If I buy a game on the digital storefront on my Xbox console, you know, I have the Xbox app on PC. I'll just open that up and be like, oh, I can just download this and play, and it'll take my save file from the cloud, and I can be playing this here too. Like, Sony doesn't yet have that equivalent for me. And so Xbox, even though, you know, whatever tech-wise, it depends on how you're comparing your teraflops and whatever teraflop right. dig measuring contest you want to have. Like, apparently it's supposed to be more powerful than PS5. Like, Definitely the controller gives PS5 the edge there in terms of like moment-to-moment -moment experience with current-gen games so far. Um, I still choose Xbox because of that flexibility and kind of like they are viewing it more as this platform that they're building, you can tell, for cloud gaming and other things. Like I feel like I'm going to be able to do more with my Xbox digital purchases in the future. Like we're only in the latter half of Apple's existence where they don't have incredibly restrictive DRM. 
and I never bought anything through Apple, ever. Mm. And I don't like Amazon's interface, but I always like, I'm pretty sure Amazon will give me this 10 years from now. So I always went with Amazon for the same reason I kind of go with Xbox and some of this stuff. Because Sony's already like two generations in, like, we don't support any downloading of the shit. Mm. Am I making this up or did Amazon at one point, because it obviously keeps track of every CD you ever purchased back mm-hmm. when you were buying physical, didn't they just give you digital versions of those in your Amazon music I, library? Yeah, they I, did. Yeah. I think they made some agreement with some of those music companies, which again, there are like six. Yeah. So if they make an agreement with four, like you should be proud of yourself for buying those CDs from Amazon. But you guys know what I mean about like this. Totally. There is a nice advantage to this flexibility of the Xbox ecosystem sometimes where it's just it's like, like, yeah. No offense to like a, a video streaming service like Vudu. Vudu offers price competitive, great resolution stuff. And it's just like, I don't know who you are. I don't know if you'll exist in three years. I'm not buying anything from you <laughs> ever. And it's slowly I hear people like, yeah, it's on Voodoo right now because that's a huge library. It's been around the longest. That's not – it's Walmart, by the way. That's mm. Walmart's company. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been around for a really long time and is super competitive. Um, m- mine is just a really funny thing that I've watched, especially as Matt has been involved with Sonic. Huh? Something about Sonic – it feels better to play it on Switch <laughs> because, like, it is something about, like, the console wars and all this stuff. And, like, that year where, like, there's going to be a Sonic on a Nintendo platform, that's impossible. So it all, I always feel, <laughs> I always feel like I like should. There's novelty there for you, maybe? I, it was only, like, fucking how many years like seven years sonic wasn't available on a nintendo platform but every time like sonic playing sonic on a nintendo platform feels like getting away with murder to me to this day <laughs> it like this should, should this shouldn't have happened but this has been happening more than sonic was exclusive to sega platforms and every time someone like off mic when matt's like do you want a sonic code everyone's like switch give me switch hmm um, Except that's me, because I, I, I need those trophies. I, well, yeah, well, it, it might be where you play the most old school games. Yeah. So, like, give me, yeah, give me Sonic on Switch. It feels good. It's so weird. It doesn't make any sense at all, but I, I have it too. I think the portability of the Switch mm-hmm. is like uh, is amazing. But yeah, the, right now you're, there's not a lot of games where you're choosing between the Switch and the other platforms. N- I mean, almost never. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon. Brandon. Yeah, I've been sitting here thinking about it, and so like growing up, we had a Nintendo sixty four, and then we had like there was one, the one generation where I've had all of them was we started off with PS two and the GameCube, and then at the very end we got an Xbox like as a like a second hand hand me down Xbox, hmm. um, and that generation was like the last the only time I've had all of that because I was also had like a gaming PC at the time. Um, and then uh, everything after that, like the first time I owned a console like that I bought and was mine and made the decision was uh, I got an Xbox 360 Slim, the, the like the, the angular black one. So um, 
and I I had that for a few years, and then in the middle of the generation, I swapped to a PS3. So that's probably the one time where I've been like, I was one console, then swapped to another, and ever since then, like I've just been a PlayStation guy. I had a PS4, mm-hmm. I have a PS5, I have a Switch as well, and I tend to play like if I can play a game that's portable and runs well on the Switch, that's where I'll play it. Uh, so like a lot of the indies I play are there. I probably would still to this day be primarily a PC gamer if I wasn't sitting at this desk for all work day, every day for work. Like the last place mm, I want to be at yeah. the end of the day is here. So I, you know, I, I go play PlayStation on my TV elsewhere. Um, you go from one screen to the to the good screen. You go from the bad screen to the good yeah, screen. Sure. I, I yeah, talked to yeah. a buddy you know, like playing Remnant 2 with me, and he's like, uh, oh, I love the Xbox. The mouse and keyboard support is awesome. And like, you're playing your Xbox with a mouse and keyboard <laughs> at a desk? <laughs> Asshole. It can do that. It Asshole. Can do that. God, I hate you. And like... Uh, I don't know. It, it, it like the idea of, of playing a game at my desk right now is is weird, and it sucks because I used to like I really like to emulate games and, and tinker around with that sort of thing. And I used to have an Android, and you can emulate tons of stuff on Android. But uh, my phone broke, and I was given an iPhone by a friend of mine. And um, now, if I want to emulate games, I have to sit on my PC to do it, and it just it sucks. Mm. But yeah, whenever you bring up someone that plays a console game on a mouse and keyboard, Chris, I just in my head, I imagine, I want to believe, there's got to be dozens of them. Is there some small contingent of phantom lapboard owners who still to this day bust out the lapboard? I, to play the I would 100% board. buy one of those because uh, I, I do have like, so I, I have a gaming PC hooked up to a TV and I just sit there in my chair with the mouse uh, in my right hand and the keyboard under my left. And the keyboard is never not slightly <laughs> awkward. Michael Jetson. <laughs> I remember one time Michael let me play in his setup. He's like, he's like, hey, there's this new Ubisoft game. You know, play this before we record or whatever. And it was like sitting on the king's throne. It was <laughs> it's just it's this recliner set up in the middle of his game room. His TV's right there. There's walls surrounding you with like games on them and stuff like that. I was like, I I don't feel comfortable here. I feel like I was infringing upon like your your personal in, uh, space. The Sanctum or... Sanctorum, the man cave. Yeah, yeah it that's was how my wild. brother used to play World of Warcraft. Wow. Is he played it on the TV with a keyboard and a mouse on a recliner. That, he's an animal. How can you read any of that UI on the TV? <laughs> Dude. You just blow up the, the, the size of the UI. It was a big TV. It was yeah. a big TV mm-hmm. at the okay. time. Yeah. Frank's 2,000-inch TV, mm-hmm. which we're celebrating on 3020 this week. Nice. Did before we move on to plugs, did anyone else do the thing where like so I I said I was PS4 that gen, but then I remembered like oh yeah when Xbox One X came out, like that pulled me over. But it's like oh this is this is slightly better and I don't know it was just faster architecture or something. Did anyone else? No, I started that that generation as an Xbox One person before I got my PS4. And because of it, it was the bundle offered through Ubisoft as like, oh, here, you can buy this. And I think I chose it because literally it it came with more games than the PS4 bundles at the time. I was interested in it, but I never made the jump. And the thing, too, is that there was a – I got a Wii U on eBay and I plugged it in and it like turned on for two seconds and turned off and so I sent it back and so like that whole generation like I was a one console dude for that whole generation by the way the Wii U was working 
exactly as it was supposed to. Like, <laughs> Not it's at the all. worst technology. And again, the, the um, a, a weird thing for me buying an Xbox, I can't believe I have to think about it like this because I have another TV, but I don't have a TV in my bedroom. And I was like, I, I, I so I don't play games in my bed, but I know Xbox will make that easier than PlayStation. Or the easiest, which is the other thing I should say is yes, I have my primary Xbox. Mm-hmm. I at this point consider Nintendo is totally my console kumar, right? Where it's just like this is mm. my side piece, this is my fucking yeah. like okay, I'm gonna main mainline games on my Xbox. And there, it's like there is I'm something traveling. about like uh, if I want to go in my living room and play games, I need to like not show my penis to children in the neighborhood. But what if it was in my bedroom? <laughs> You don't know how my, my, my window is faced. Like, I can't watch certain things at a certain time because, holy shit, does my TV face the neighborhood. It's a built-in entertainment center. I did not pick it. <laughs> so you have it. a bunch of, like, 15-year-olds hanging out at your neighbor's house, too. I get it. I, I don't. I don't. But, I like, I always say it was I, – I, I wish the streaming era for entertainment was pushing the envelope into something more offensive – and then I watched The Boy's Herogasm at 8 p.m. Oh, Jesus. And it, like, <laughs> dude, I cannot watch. There's too many people in the neighborhood that could see what's happening right now. This is this is the grossest thing I've ever seen. The most. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty intense. Um, I've never seen that portion of the male body filmed in 4K. Have I ever, ever told you guys that story of, like, one time I was in an apartment. It was part of L.A. that the apartment buildings were very close together. And I look over and I see the neighbor had one of those projectors where he was like projecting TV on his entire wall. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's watching TV. I wonder what he's watching. I'll just look over. It was a full on fucking porno yeah. film, like full on 70s stag film on his wall that everyone in the neighborhood could see. It was, it was almost like you go into some clubs. You guys move. ever been to like a club that plays pornos like on mm-hmm. a huge screen or something like that? It's like, it's just. Not that kind of club, Brendan. I see you judging me, but just like a regular dance club, like a bar. Which... <laughs> I live Brendan was in like, Portland, what? dude. I <laughs> just like there's more strip clubs. We have like open sex clubs. Like it's whatever. I don't. But it was it was wild to be like. I know my neighbor masturbates, but I didn't really need to know that he was right. masturbating. You know, everybody like masturbates, but nobody wants to see it. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Well. Oh. So, how many times have you changed your primary platform? Let us know. Uh, go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there you can answer. Or ping us at VG Apocalypse on Twitter or Blueski, and we Excellent. will read the answers on next week's show. That has been our show. Let's call some plugs. Uh, Brendan, once again, Brendan. tell us about The Crawl. Oh, The Crawl is a YouTube channel that I have on YouTube.com slash The Crawl. Uh, I make videos about... Uh, dungeon crawlers and RPGs and old video games and stuff. But uh, a full-length right Metroid RPG. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, a Metroid documentary. R- yes. RPG? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I need um, to go to bed. I did, I, And sometimes, I mean, I also sometimes make little indie games and make videos about that, too. But uh, the next big project that I'm working on right now is a Fantasy Star Online documentary. Um, Hello. And, nice. Uh, and I, uh, also talking to some indie developers, got some stuff about, you know, people making little indie dungeon crawlers. So if you want to check that out, uh, again, youtube.com slash the crawl. And I'm also on Twitter and blue sky, uh, Brendan underscore LH. And I, you know, post P- my P- is PSO the well. first console game to have a monthly subscription. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think it is. Yes. It's one of the first online console games ever. Yep. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Brendan, I mean, if you're open to a little career advice, if you ever wanted to switch from the dungeon crawling game, you could keep the same username and you you could just specialize in talking about the first two minutes of every Star Wars movie. And the name oh, works stuff. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> yeah. yeah the just crawl. The crawl. Yeah, just All you cover is just... The... <laughs> no, that's why I made the Metroid documentaries to, to explain how I Metroid can't crawl. So uh, Right. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Nice. I get it. I got so um, many people in the comments making that joke of that video. <laughs> it's like, I get it. Patreon.com slash lasers. I'm just getting my plug in before I go to sleep. I'm so tired. Um, we just did 30 2010, which is out this week. Um, very, very fun. Oh my God. Some like occasionally like, like, uh, one freaked is one of my favorite movies ever made a Bronx tale. Not, not a huge box office breaker, but uh, a really weird conversation I wanted to get at. And I, I'm pretty sure it's just cause of streaming culture. The movie gravity is 10 years old. Remember gravity? Wow. Yeah. A fucking yeah. great movie yeah. oh, by yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, Mexican yeah. Christopher Nolan, Alfonso Cuarón. Um, nobody talks about it. And I remember I had this epiphany with, like, Life of Pi. And, like, why don't we talk about this more? These are $100 million new IP blockbusters that make almost a billion, like $500 million that disappear because of streaming culture. Because we don't have a mechanism to passively enjoy hmm. old movies. You have to... Very, very directly enjoy old movies. And everyone I knew saw Gravity, loved Gravity, and I've heard nobody talk about it since then. I can't believe you just passed by Bronx Tale, the thing that stars Matthew Bevilacqua. Like Bevilacqua. The most convicted man in Italian movie cinema. He's manslaughter convicted. Ow! He was right. (laughs) We'll talk about that on the show. Yeah, he's uh, had a rough life, but apparently doing better. But Robert De Niro's directorial debut, I could not believe how much I love School of Rock 20 years later. Uh, wow. Holds up more than most movies I've seen from 20 years ago. It's so and good. a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. Brendan's nodding his head. Like, I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. It, it, it. But again, there's a cheat. You want your movie to hold up? Set it in a prep school. It'll look like a movie from 40 years ago and 40 years from now. It's <laughs> true. Do it, kids. I hope I'm inspiring some cynical filmmaker out there. Inspiring a generation of kids to discover their innate talent for watching School of Rock. (laughs) They're probably already watching Dead Poet Society. Probably. Which Mm -hmm. was my first Counter-Strike killed. Hmm. CS2 is out this week, baby. We barely mentioned it. That's true. Um, Matt, you got anything? No, I'm just plugging. I, I mentioned Matthew Bevilacqua. Just plug The Sopranos. Go watch The Sopranos. I've been, I've been, I've been watching The Sopranos so much. I went back and watched The Many Saints of Newark. I was wrong on that movie. I said it was just okay. I, I, I thought it was one of those pandemic movies that I was Dude, I giving you, extra credit excellent. for because it was free. It's so good. You just have to watch it right after you've been watching The Sopranos. It and you, you'll won't get make all sense. the references. Yeah, yeah. It's like very, Christopher. Very good. His eyes open the widest when he's talking to a guy in the fourth season. Like, you killed my dad when he's bringing me TV trays on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what really happened. <laughs> and yep. why. Well, and then Tony um, has that line about, uh, he's bringing something. And it's like, it's the pills for his mom that he'd ask for. Like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. There's so many. Oh, fuck. But Sopranos is still one of the best shows. Hopefully you. Oh, and by the way. uh, this is really funny to me, and I know it's from where I am on social media. 
the most recent thing I see memed all the time, Breaking Bad. The last episode is officially 10 years ago. Wow. God yep. damn. And, and, and that, again, that doesn't have to do as much with your age, but how we consume st- stuff, because we don't all watch the same things together at the same time. That right. was kind of the end of it. Yep. That and Game but, of uh, Thrones, yeah. That and Game of Thrones, right. As always, you can visit us online at the official Laser Time community on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or on Blueski at the same place. V- VG Apocalypse. Follow me also both places at Wikiparas, W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. see all these cans on my desk a few uh, a couple hmm. jesus <laughs> yeah that sounds like there's a lot there's a lot there's a secret it's like, sound it's like 20 <laughs> <laughs> it's... are you in college what the fuck